Imperial whiskey. Oh, my gosh. Orson Welles. Excuse me, sir. Yes? Um, well, I'm a young filmmaker and a real big fan. I, I just wanted to meet you. My pleasure. I'm Orson Welles. I'm uh, Edward D. Wood, Jr. What you working on? Well, the financing just fell through for the third time on Don Quixote. You know, I can't believe it. That sounds just exactly like my problems. The damn money men. You never know who's a windbag and who's got the goods. Many all think they're directors. Ain't that the truth? Do you know that I've even had producers recut my movies? I hate when that happens. And they're always trying to cast their buddies. It doesn't even matter if they're right for the part. Tell me about it. I'm supposed to do a thriller at Universal. But they want Charlton Heston to play a Mexican. Ah, Mr. Wells. Is it all worth it? It is when it works. You know, the one film of mine where I had total control, Kane. The studio hated it, but they didn't get to touch a frame. Ed. Yes? Visions are worth fighting for. Why spend your life making someone else's dreams? seconds after the hour of 11 in this month of January, the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. Solid State Radio. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Extravaganza. Uh, it is Monday, and welcome to Day 12. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. If you'd uh, like to join us today for whatever... Up for second reason. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 with your comments, clarifications, conventions, two cents, uh, what have you. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the ignorant, the scintillating. Are we allowed to mention that thing about Richie? Probably not. That thing that he uh, well, he's emailed. Not paid for it, and he's... But does it need to remain a secret? I don't know. That's why I didn't want him to tell me too much. I wanted him to come in and talk about it on the air. All right, fantastic. All right, well, we'll uh, okay, well, we'll address that here in a few. Anywho, it is uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am today. Monday. Here. Now. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lisa Desjardins coming up today as as America votes 2008. Uh, so tomorrow is well, tomorrow's Michigan, right? Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow's Michigan. So we'll talk to uh, Lisa about that. Uh, James Roop joining us from Nevada as his life enters yet another concentric circle of hell. 
You know, and here's the thing is, his day was going to suck regardless. It didn't matter how things turned out, his Monday was going to be bad, because if it hadn't been O.J., which it is, if he hadn't been in Las Vegas for O.J. today, they would have kept him in Los Angeles where he would have had to cover both Britney Spears and the stupid Golden Globes, uh, which happened last night. So anyway, so we'll talk to uh, James and see uh, how early he began drinking this morning. Peter Carlin for the Oregonian joins us today. Uh, we'll answer the magical question, how illegal is this thing that I want to do at my house today? Uh, snuff watch coming up today. Uh, an Ed Wood-related snuff watch. That's why the uh, that's why the opening there. Uh, snuff watch today. Uh, Darwin watch and uh, whatnot and so forth and ba da da ba da da ba. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Oh, before we go any further, uh, we want to give a small shout out to Mark, uh, the bartender at Morton's. Hello there. It's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Why, you surprised me by coming to me so soon. A family continues its road trip from California to Hillsborough with a dead grandma aboard. An elderly woman with dementia lives through a runway crash in I-5. Brittany is a no-show as far as you know in court so far. Insiders claim her boys don't miss her at all. <laughs> Sarah, just this morning, Sarah was saying she was getting bored with Brittany. Stories like that bring it all back into, into Technicolor, though. One of the writers from Pulp Fiction is arrested for DUI and manslaughter. One of Hillary's aides is popped for DWI in New Hampshire, and Vampire dies. All right, so there you go. Did you watch uh, Sarah Dillon joining us today? Did you watch Ed Wood this weekend? No. Oh, you're a terrible person. I know. I'm sorry. I got busy, and then I didn't watch it. But I'm going to watch it today. Your life should never be too busy for art, Sarah. I know. Oh, here's the thing. If the snuff watch would have been extra poignant today, had you watched Ed Wood over the weekend. Well, well that's fine. You watch it today. I won't be as sad. Okay, well, watch it today. Uh, and uh, and then you, you know it'll be it'll be all uh, it'll be all melancholy and beautiful. And no, I wish you wouldn't have asked me that right now because Aaron had just written me asking me, please, 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 did you love it? Um, tell me that. No, I wrote I didn't. Dot dot dot. Watch it yet? Yeah. I was trying that's to mess okay. with them. No, that's fine. So um, so Vampira, uh, who is depicted in the movie by uh, what's her name, Lisa Marie. That Tim Burton's ex, yeah. Uh, anyway, so Vampire is she's a character in in Ed Wood because uh, she's in Plan 9 from Outer Space. Anyway, so yeah, well, you get a, you get a chance to watch it today. It'll be extra special because you can watch it in, in uh, you can watch it in memory of Vampire. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy today. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. You can also email if you like. It's Rick at RickEmerson dot com. Uh, all right, before we do anything else here, uh, let me just. God, we are early. It's only like seven minutes after, and we've already done the, uh, the, the, the uh, hey, what's going on coming up, and the news, and the whatnot. And the... We, we didn't talk about the weekend. That was your weekend, Sarah Dillon. Unless you just want to just launch into what you did this weekend. Well, I do, but only not because it's all about me, but only because I have a list of like 500 things that happened this weekend or that bear comment. So, uh, you're looking nice today. Thanks. No, my weekend was really fun. I went to a show. I went to a head cat. Oh, how was it? Awesome. Really? It was really cool. Those it was guys... really close to Lemmy, and it was, it was interesting. Those guys kind of suck, but in a really great way. I mean, they're just loud and messy and crude. Was, I mean, it really is exact, wonderful. It was it was totally yeah. rock and roll. Yeah. It was exactly. Just I have a messy DVD of those guys at the Roxy a while back, and it's totally yeah, it's totally just raw and really just grubby and dirty and wonderful. Yeah, Fantastic. Got to see Kristen from accounting and um, went to all kinds of fun places. It was very fun. Oh, and I didn't silence myself, but I'm sorry. That's okay. Okay. But yeah, how was your? Is that the extent of your weekend? You made it seem like there was something fantastic. No, well, it was it was all fantastic. What were you doing yesterday? What were you doing yesterday that took precedence over Ed Wood, really, is my question. I stayed the night over at my friend's house, and then we watched movies all day long, and I ate, like, half a pizza. Fantastic. What, mo- what movies took precedence over Ed Wood on Sunday? Please tell me it was something, please tell me it was made in Manhattan. 
We watched some really crappy movies. We watched The Ring, uh, Urban Cowboy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really? Oh, God. I watched A Star is Born this weekend. Oh, yeah. Which is the most depressing oh, it's movie great. I have ever which seen. Which version? Um, the one with Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand. Yeah, Barbara Streisand. Oh. Is there another version? There's Judy Garland. Well, yeah, there are two others. I only know the Streisand version. Yeah, there's one in the 1930s and one in the 1940s. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, no, the Streisand one is the it only one I've ever seen. It was awful. And my friend Lisa... Oh, yeah, you, you want to kill yourself oh, after Oh, God. One. She's not a crier at all. And uh-huh. I looked over as he's, like, kissing her goodbye. <laughs> and I look at Lisa and she's already bawling. I'm like, right. oh, God, I know what's going to happen. Totally. It, no. was, it was awful. But how did... Let's back up for a moment. How is it that you came to watch the following combination of films? And then the Ring? X-Men, the Last Stand? No, no. I'm still back on Urban Cowboy. How is it that you watched The Ring followed by Urban Cowboy? Lisa has weird taste in movies. Are these all out of her private collection? Uh, Urban Cowboy was on TV. Oh, and then we watched X-Men The Last Stand. Why wouldn't and, it be? I don't know, another movie in between those. All right. How did you feel about Urban Cowboy? Oh, I've seen it before. I'm not a fan of it. Oh, you can uh, see John Voight back in his prime. I was just going to say, you know what, you need to follow it up. You look like an old lady in that one. You, you, need, you need to follow up Urban Cowboy with Rhinestone, starring Sylvester Stallone oh, and Dolly Parton. The latest movie he was in, that Disney movie. John Voight? Yeah. I don't remember the last thing I saw John Voight in that wasn't Varsity Blues. I don't think I've seen John Voight in a film since Varsity Blues. Yeah, is this an animated film, the Disney no, film? No, it's a live-action film. What, what is was it? it called? It's that it's that number one Disney film now screening. I can't remember the name, but I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, Encha- Enchanted? Enchanted? The princess movie? Yeah, something like that. No, it's not that one. You have no idea. I can't remember the name was of the movie. Was it the National uh, Treasure? Was yeah. it that, with the that, Nicolas Cage film? Yes. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway. You realize we've now spent more time talking about John Boyd than his publicist probably will today. How sad is that? All right. Well, speak, well we might as well do this. I'll get out of order before I talk about the living, walking, breathing horror that was my weekend. Um, and just once, I'd like to come in here on a Monday and not have some story about something that went horrifically bad. Something, that some, some way in which my life went belly up uh, over the preceding two days. But that's okay. I'm zen with it. Uh, Why? What could possibly happen to you over the weekend? Yeah, well, well, you'll find out in a second. Our weekends supposed to be packed full of fun and friends. And... Yes, they're supposed to be. They just never are. Uh, before we do anything else, though, let me just uh, talk about the Golden Globes last night. Who watched the Golden Globes? Not me. Not me. Sarah? Here's the thing. I don't ever watch the Golden Globes because they're long and drawn out and tedious and mundane and stupid and pointless and bloated and masturbatory. And it's just the why and who cares and F that and but what do did. I care and up them, you know. So, But you know what I did? I watched it last night because I wanted to see what it was like with the writer's strike on. And you know what? It was fantastic. It really was. And I'm not alone in this assessment. The New York Post said the same thing today. The Golden Globes last night... I have to tell you this, and I'm not just saying this to be an ass. If I have to tell you, if every award ceremony is like the Golden Globes was last night, I would go back to watching all of them. It was over in one hour. <laughs> it was done in an hour. I mean, they started it. So it's like picking up a prize at a science fair. It was amazing. It was so good. You watched it. Was it was so good. It was really good because, no, because, look, here's the thing. When you watch an award ceremony, you have a TiVo. Yeah. You, and, Tim, you have a DVR. When you watch an award ceremony, do you watch it front to back all the way through? No. No, no, you don't. What do you do? You skip to the things you get. You skip to the meat, as they say. And you skip past Phil Collins doing some interpretive dance for a Disney film. And you skip past, like, second gaffer foreign crew, uh, and you skip past the god-awful cringe-inducing banter between, like, Buster Rhymes and, uh, you know, Jessica Simpson. You don't watch any of that stuff, because it's just terrible, because it, it takes time away from what you want to see. Last night, 
somebody, some uh, woman would go up there and she'd say, here are the nominees for, uh, you know, the best uh, the dramatic television series. Bam, 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 bam. List off the nominees. Bam. Mad Men. And then, ching, a guy picks up the statue. Dang, next award. I mean, they were slotting them in and kicking them out. It was fantastic. And there was still applause. It didn't. At first, I was afraid that it was going to be some weird, creepy thing where they were broadcasting the show, like, to no one, and there would be no reaction. But instead of having um, all of the, several, the celebrities there in the audience, the audience was journalists. So they just brought in a bunch of Jim Roop-type guys. I think he probably would have been there had he not had to go to Las Vegas today. Uh, and so a bunch of journalists, you know, applauded. Everybody picked up their awards. They went home. The entire thing started and was done in one hour. It was really satisfying. And here's how I know it was satisfying, because I picked up the newspaper this morning, and at the front of the Oregonian living section, they had this whole sidebar, which is just a list of who won. And I realized that over the last few years, that's how I've started treating every award show. I don't really watch it. I just pick up, I get on, I get on the Internet later on, and I just read the list of who won, because that's really all you care about. You just, you know, you just, you, you, it's like, you know, every award show is just like the, the final 45 seconds of the Blair Witch Project. You're really just toughing it out just so you can get to the end and find out who won for whatever. And that's what it was. It's like they had boiled it down to its bare essence. So it was fantastic. Mm, see, so, I like all the fluff. See, you might like the bare essence. I like all the fluff around it. It's I, fun to judge people's wardrobes. Yeah. And, see, and I just don't. To that's, me, the, that's kind of the girly part of it. I um, guess. It is a zero-sum game to me. I just want to know who won. Uh, by the way, congratulations cool. to Mad Men. Mad Men won like everything on Earth. Mad Men is the new Sopranos, apparently. And that guy who plays uh, Donald Draper uh, won for Best Actor, which is fantastic. Uh, all right, so Golden Globes. Uh, let's see, I had uh, one other thing to say about something or other. Golden Globes. Oh, did anybody well, watch... the weekend so terrible? Well, I'll get to that last. Maybe I kill you last. Home. What? Maybe you shouldn't have left your home. No, you know, you do get that feeling sometimes, like if you walk out the front door the entire day, there's some figurative anvil looming in the sky that's going to come down on your head. Um, did anybody over the weekend watch Celebrity Rehab? No. See, and I feel like I'm sort of out of the loop because everybody I know, except for the three of us, who are presumably the ones who are supposed to be in touch with American culture, everyone I know watched it, even people who typically don't watch or like reality programming. So i got to figure out if it's on demand or if I can get it on the Internet or something. Because it, it, it's, it's apparently the must-see show of this television season. And any time you have a program where a Baldwin brother is the most celebrity uh, or is the most stable celebrity, you know that you're in for some kind of a ride. So I guess the very first... you remember Jeff Conway from Taxi? Yeah. Apparently he almost dies. I mean, literally, actually almost dies in the first episode. Would he be missed? No, no. But I guess I guess the episode starts with... Because it's, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, surreal life or any one of those things where they get like eight broken down celebrities to come live in a house and be prodded, you know, for six weeks. Um, but the deal is here, they all have drinking and or drug problems, which is fantastic. And so it's Jeff Conway from Taxi, China the Wrestler, Mary Carey the Porn Star, Daniel, Daniel, Stephen, Alec, one is of the all I don't know. See, I didn't watch it. I only know okay. I'm reading the recap. Who's the one that's the crazy Christian? Stephen. Stephen Baldwin. Uh, Daniel's the fat one. Stephen Baldwin. Um, Jesus, who else? And there was somebody else. Wasn't Willie Ames, but it was a guy like that. Anyway, I guess when they go, and Dr. Drew from Loveline is the host. So I guess when they go to get Jeff Conway out of the limousine, as Susan Reynolds described it, they open the door to the limousine, and he's actually, this is so great, curled up in the back of the limousine, clutching a whiskey bottle to his chest and sobbing. Oh, That's man. how you know it's going to be a fantastic program. 
So anyway, so uh, I got to figure out that's going to be rerun or encore or something because it's, uh, it's apparently a program not to be missed. All right, I think that's it. I think that's all I really have to get talked about now. The rest I can sort of do later. And I have all of this stuff to talk about. Everything from questions to mundane observations about the tedious nature of human existence. Uh, but before we do any of that, I have to give a shout-out to um, A and B Towing, who helped me out this weekend. And anytime you start the program by thanking a towing company, uh, you know that it was some sort of... It was, oh a, it was a trying couple of days. Again? No, no, it didn't. But not for lack of trying on the, on the part of the thieves. So here's what happened on... Uh, Jesus, I think it was, uh, it must have been Saturday that this happened. So, my wife worked all weekend long. So, Saturday, eh, I don't know, at like 9 a.m., I'm still asleep, and I get this phone call from my wife, and she's like, so there's, uh, there's good news and bad news. And I said, what's the good news? And she said, I lied, there really is no good news. The bad news is that the, the truck is broken down halfway to work. So so halfway between our home and work, her truck broke down. Through sheer luck, a co-worker happened to be driving by, you know, on the way and found her, picked her up. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, there's something wrong with one of the tires. One of the tires went, you know, blew out or whatever. And as it came to pass, the entire, like, the tire wasn't just blown out. She had, I'm not saying it's because she's a woman driver. I'm just saying this is the way it transpired. That the well, right... we know it doesn't have to be a woman driver. I mean, hell, you ripped the side door off that's of your what, car. That's what I'm saying. So I'm I'm not trying to lay this on her because she's because she's my wife. Um, but the the tire had been flat, and she apparently hadn't noticed this, or she had just like our truck is so broken down and just such a piece of crap that she heard this like I don't know this flapping, bumping, bah, 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 sound, and she just assumed it was something the truck did naturally because it's just you know because it's because it's garbage. And so she just continued to drive, because why not? And so by the time she finally had to stop, because the truck was just going, <coughs> she had actually, the, the tire was flat, and she had actually driven so long in the rim that it had actually just completely shredded the tire and peeled it away. So there was basically just some shreds of rubber hanging off the rim of the tire. Now, I don't know any of this. All I know is that she calls me at 9 a.m. and she goes like, hey, the truck broke down on the way to work. You're going to have to figure something out. And Did I you said, call AAA? I didn't, you know, and I realized this weekend, AAA is like renter's insurance. It's like how Sarah never realized she didn't have renter's insurance until the tornado hit. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly she's online trying to cover everything she owns. AAA is one of those things you don't really think about until you are broken down somewhere between Wenatchee and Yakima and you're being gang raped by a group of bikers. And then you think to yourself, I really ought to have spent that $16 a month. Yeah. Um, so, anyway... So as I'm on the phone with her Saturday morning and she's describing the symptoms of the truck breakdown, and she's like, and then it was like one of the tires went flat. I'm standing, and Sarah, you know where my house is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm looking out my kitchen window, which looks out onto the street in front of my house. And what to my wondering eyes should appear, but the revelation that every single car up and down my street Saturday morning had its tires flattened. Oh, Every single car, actually every single car except for our... When are our, you going to move? There, well, there are other neighborhoods. I know. God, it's like, it isn't that fabulous of a neighborhood. I'm sorry, I've seen where you live. But for the same amount of money, you can live in a nicer neighborhood. I know, I know, which which it really does beg the question, like, at what point should I just go somewhere else? Like, but I, I don't understand, like, why why are you latch on to... It's a terrible neighborhood. It's not that I'm latched on to it, it's just no. that we're lazy. But we're you, lazy, you we're already there. You have steady jobs, and you I do know. make a living. Yeah, I know. 
I'm just you. saying it's just inertia. We're just already there. I'm stop feeling sorry for you. For <laughs> yeah, so I, I look don't feel out. Any sympathy? You could have moved. Okay, don't be ago. bitchy. I'm not asking you to feel sympathy. I think you are. I'm just relating the story. So by I, relating, aren't you asking for sympathy? I look out the front window of the house and I see though that every car on the street, and amazingly every car except our other car, they, which I think is because we have motion-activated lights in the front of our house, um, and so I think that they skipped our other, you know, my Ford. Um, but every single car, someone had gone Friday night, Saturday morning, and either, I don't know whether they slashed the tires or whether they just deflated the tires. I'm thinking they slashed the tires because if you're some hoodlum on the move, that's going to be a faster way to do it probably. It doesn't seem like you would have the time to sit there and go, and like for all four tires for every single car on the block. No joke. All the tires? Yeah, like 15 cars on our block, every single tire, flat. And so they did not do it to my Ford, and I think that's because of the motion lights on my house. But I do think here's what happened. I think that they had started on they had started on the Forerunner. They got one tire basically flat. Then the motion lights kicked on, and they were like, "Screw this!" and they ran. So I think they ran before they could do before they could do the rest of the Forerunner. And so that's why it was halfway to work before her tire went flat. Okay. It can't be a coincidence. Don't you hate people? That I was do. like my car being spray painted last year, <laughs> just by some ass who decided to go around spray painting all the neighborhood cars I, yeah, for I, no reason. I really do hate people, and I hate to be the guy recycling movie lines, but you just don't f with a man's automobile. You just don't do it. I mean, people who do that ought to be killed. I mean, really. And I'm I'm a big bleeding heart. I'm as progressive as anybody else. They ought to be killed, and slowly. I mean, they ought to be slowly and painfully dispatched into the and next cars life. are expensive. Seriously. Well, let me ask you this. And Susan Reynolds is on the warm line. Susan, I apologize. We, If you have to go, I understand. This is clearly going to be a little bit here before I'm done. Because seriously, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be grumpy today. If you feel like I'm being grumpy and like venting on you about no, the neighborhood. No, I totally understand. I mean, because uh, I've looked at new tires. I had to buy a set of tires, and it was $350. That's what I'm saying. For new tires. And I have a sneaking suspicion that they slashed the tires in the neighborhood, not just let the air out. Because, again, if you're if you're going to go around and take the time to deflate, Jesus, what is that, like 45 tires on a street? You're just going to, I mean, you clearly then have no problem with just slashing the tire. It's not like you're going to have some moral compunction that's going to stop you from taking that extra dick step. You know what I mean? So, and so... Fortunately, I mean, really, and I do, I am really lucky here that they didn't hit the Ford, you know, and I was able to drive up. And I got the towing guy to meet me at Lara's truck, and he didn't have to tow it, fortunately. He, we got the spare on and, you know, and whatever, and he helped me, you know, change out the spare and whatever. Oh, by the way, here's the great thing is, as the tow truck is driving away in the back window, huge Ultra Boy sticker. So, yeah, there you go. Um... Anyway, so, but I started thinking about my, you know, my, my neighbors and how unfortunate that is. And I started thinking that if, if you came out and, like, more than one of your tires was flat, I don't even really know what you do. I mean, you have to have a towed somewhere, don't you? Because even if you get a spare, if you got more than one tire flat, that's yeah. not going to help you out. No. And so if you have four flat tires, I mean, you are then basically obligated. And so all day on my street, there were tow trucks coming and going and coming and going. You know, uh, Les Schwab 
does make calls to location. You tell them the size of your tire, they will bring you another Now, one. is that true? Yeah, I've done it before. See, and I was going to take uh, the truck to Les Schwab, but I, I ended up just putting this. We have a full-size spare. It's not like one of those novelty joke spares. That yeah, was um, out in the middle of nowhere, and they brought me a tire. See, and God love them. And I, I will tell you this, and this is not just because they advertise. That's a great company. I have never had anything but fantastic service. Oh, if you have a flat tire, if you have a flat tire, they'll fix it for nothing. Well, luckily, there's a Les Schwab like a block from my house. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, they, it, was, it was just like the word, and it just makes you so angry. I mean, it makes you so, I don't even want to say it's disproportionately angry. It's entirely proportional. Some bastard comes by, Fs with your car. Well, Some little miserable person was so miserable they had to ruin like 15 other totally. people's lives. And as, as, as Sarah pointed out, my truck has been stolen three times. My car has been broken into once. Uh, Megan's car got broken into last week. And then over the weekend, 15 different tires of cars had their tires flattened. That means it's time to move. I know. And here's the thing. And I do understand on some level that we really ought to pick a different neighborhood. Yes. There are several good ones. I just, you know, and I, I, it just makes me feel like an awful person to consider moving, though. It really does. I mean, it makes, and I don't mean that this is a, a, probably a conversation for a different time. But... If I sounded like annoyed at the, when you were telling me to move, it's just it's, it's because part of me feels like, uh, oh god, part of me feels like that I'm just becoming one of those dink couples that moves to you what is it double income no kids or whatever, one of those like yuppie couples that just screw this, no, it's but white it's, flight to the suburbs. I don't even think it's necessarily the area that you live in. I think it's just your street in particular. God damn! Does there this kind of thing happen where you live, Sarah? I mean, you live in Southeast. You're not too far from where no, I am. No, no. We live pretty close together. No, I live more in like a family neighborhood, whereas, you know. I like, live next to a crack house. Pretty much. You can just say it. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, because, like, honestly, that place you live next to kind of scares me. Oh, there was an ambulance and a fire truck there on Friday night, by the way. So I, I'm walking Max. And there's ambulance comes, pulls right into the Literally, you could move like, next door. You could move like four blocks east and you'd be Jesus. just I, fine. I know some people who live just a few blocks from you, as a matter of fact. Really? In a very nice family-oriented neighborhood with a beautiful finished cellar with a pool table and an indoor golf game. I gotta tell you, it really was just, it was, it just made me so unbelievably angry. I mean, just, just angry like all Turn that charts. anger into action. I suppose. I, uh, you could start a neighborhood watch group, Rick. Oh, can I, please? They'd never stop working. <laughs> I would be I would be assured of a hobby all t- all the time. Jesus. There's other places in which to live. I know. I know. There's actually some really nice houses just up the street from me. Yeah. I, yeah, it's like, just, it's like, you're not bailing on your neighborhood if you just move out of that one. I really do think it's your street specific. Right. I, know. I know people who live next to you and they have... A nice neighborhood just a couple blocks from you. Now, do you understand what I mean, though, when I say that just the prospect of moving just fatigues Uh, you? Just thinking about moving fatigues you. Well, you're a radio man. You should be used to it. (sighs) Yeah, I suppose. Anyway. Well, I will help you move if you move because you've helped me move like seven times. Well, it's not going to happen anytime soon because my my wife is taking a two-week tour around the world, so... That's going to use up some of our income for the next uh, for the next little while. <laughs> so, so we're seeing how people in the third world live. Uh, she really is going to see how people in the third. It's funny you say that, Tim. And then coming back to see how Americans yeah. in the third world. My, uh, my yeah, she's going to be spending she's going to be spending a couple weeks in Panama. So uh, yeah, it really is. So um, anyway. So there you go. That's That was my weekend. So thanks to the guys at A and B Towing, by the way. That's not for consideration. They were just very courteous and helpful. And I noticed that uh, that say, and you know that A and B Towing, by the way, is one of those names they use. So it's like the first thing in the yellow pages, mm. which is exactly what I did. Yellow pages, A and B. Bye, dial. Uh, so they helped. Uh, every, they, I noticed that everybody in my street operates the same way because that was like the, I saw them everywhere up and down my street on Saturday. So thanks to those guys. What jerk. 
Uh, Not Jesus. AMD towing, but the people no. who did it. No, I know. Oh, the, by the way, just one final observation. The guy, and I didn't catch his name, but the guy with the Alter Boy sticker who was on the on the towing on the tow truck, um, he, he, he did the greatest thing though, because the, the by the time my wife got it into her head to pull over and park the truck by the side of the road, she had been driving on the rim, tire flat, just shreds the tire. I mean, hanging off of it, just like the Hulk's pants, just it, strips and pieces. The guy jacks up the truck. He pulls off the tire, which, again, is just in pieces. I mean, it's just in its component parts. Destroyed. Utterly and completely destroyed. He holds it up and he goes, well, here's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> it really was pretty great. All right, let me get a couple of these and then we'll break and come back with Lisa Desjardins. For the love of Christ. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, hi. I don't know if it was in Vancouver or Portland, but there was two underage kids that hit a bunch so the tow trucks must have really been in full swing um as far as your crack house neighbor yeah. i've heard what you can do is spray paint on the sidewalk crack you know this house is a crack house or buy your crack here and then people they start to get really uncomfortable once it's on the street and everything so that might be a suggestion for you okay thank Take you care. uh-huh I love how people are calling to recommend you you put graffiti on the sidewalk saying this is a crack den. Labeling it as a crack den. I'd love to live like that. Perhaps not. Hi, you're... Uh, Oh, I think that was Susan Reynolds. I think Susan had to go, unfortunately. Oh, what was that about? I don't know. Hold on. Let's find out. Poor Squid is sitting there waiting for a tow truck right now. Really? Jesus. Hello? Hello, Dave? Hey. Don't talk that way. Uh, Is Dave? Is Susan Reynolds uh, in her office? I uh, believe she may be in a meeting behind closed doors. All right, can you check? Sure. Thank you, sir. What is this? Oh, it's moving. Makes you feel. I bet move. I bet moving plays that you got a you got a song by Dion Ferris. No, 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 not Dion Ferris. Who sang that? You gotta be brave. You gotta be bold. You gotta be. I bet they play that twelve times a day. It's mostly pop divas. Yeah, it, it is all divas all the time. That's what they should call that station. All divas all the time. It's, seriously, it's like diva radio. Huh? Hey, nothing wrong with that. You ought to be trademarking that diva radio, Tim. Well, you ought to pay me a big bucks. I can be a consultant. This is a really bad song. I'm not really the target demo for this station, so. I wonder if they ever put up on cleaning music. Yeah, they are right. It does make you feel good. It's like you're scrubbing a toilet or something like that. Like, what? Good toilet scrubbing music. Like I always do. Did you get your cleaning service yet? No, no. I got my carpets cleaned, though. Good for you. Yeah, I got my carpets and my upholstery cleaned this weekend. Next, housekeeper. Although, I might just wait until we move. Just kind of start everything. Let the house go to hell. I don't have any upholstery, I don't think. I got those two sofas. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I got the guy who comes in. He, this is so great when the guy... What's to be going on here? Uh, when the when the guy was comes to clean my carpet on Saturday, this is the curse of having a dog or a child. I think he looks he, he looks at a stain on the rug and he goes, "Sir, is this a urine stain?" And I actually had to say that it actually wasn't. It was that my dog had vomited blueberries under the carpet, which isn't like a whole lot better. Hello. That did it. Rick, I cannot find Susan right now. Uh. I page for. Okay. Uh, not a big deal. I'll attempt to track her down later. Okay. Thank you, Dave Zinn. Goodbye, sir. All right. Bye now. 
Okay. Yeah, so when you get a carpet cleaner, do you have to vacuum before they come over? Oh, no. No, no, they do everything. In fact, I didn't even have to move Do you have, like, little fuzzballs all over my carpet? I didn't have to even move the furniture. No, no, no. little things under the furniture legs. No, no, no. Here, I called them. They showed up. And they walked in, and, and they'll give you the option, like, hey, do you want us to do this? Do you want us to do this? And I said, you know what? Just just clean the carpet, clean the upholstery. I don't need you to do anything fancy or anything weird. And I'm like, i got to stay in here and I stay in there, you know. Because, like, there's one where the dog gets thrown up, and then there's one that's just when you're walking from the front door to the kitchen, and the rug doesn't, the area rug doesn't entirely cover it, so there's some footprints. And, Can I uh, ask you, like, ball house, or ball house, ballpark, how much? Ball a, house. A ball house. <laughs> I was like 200. 200? For the, that's for the rug and the upholstery. That's for the rug and two couches. Okay. Um, and, and I'm like, do I have to move the furniture? He's like, no, 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 just go sit down. And yeah. so I just went in and answered email. They moved everything, and it took about uh, 45 minutes, and then it took like two hours to dry, and it's good. It looks brand new. Yeah. It looks fantastic. It really does. Yeah, I had three, four hours, so it was a little over 200. Yeah, it was, I mean... Uh, and they I, to do extra things, too. Yeah, they, I mean, and they, you know, they, and then, it, like, the more you have done... At least this place. The more you have done, like the less they charge you. You know, sort of, it, you know, they, you get a you get a rate for for getting more of your house done. But I just had the living room and the, and the stove is done. You know, it, and really, it's, it's money well spent because there's no va- like there's nothing. Here's the thing about getting your carpet cleaned is I have because people are giving me a little crap about getting a housekeeper. They're like, why don't you just clean the house yourself? I don't want to clean my house. No, me either. But the thing about getting your carpet cleaned, I have no problem with that at all because it's something you couldn't do yourself. Like, there's no way you, unless you want to go to whatever Safeway and, like, rent one of those weird steam, that, which, that, that's just not going to happen. So, like, carpet cleaning is just not a thing you can do yourself. I have no problem paying someone to do stuff that I cannot do. So, uh, or things that we can do. Or things that I'm just too lazy to do. All right. Well, on that note, let's take a break. We'll come back with Lisa Desjardins, uh, who is in Washington, D.C. today. Uh, coming up at noon, Tim Riley. Uh, later on, uh, we'll talk to uh, Richie Bristol, uh, Jim Roop, and more. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't worry. I know. It's just... Uh... Did you see these pictures this weekend of Britney Spears wandering around in her wedding dress? No. Oh, somebody told me she went shopping in it. Mm-hmm. Is that the deal? She went shopping in her wedding dress? Yeah, with her little paparazzi dude. Fantastic. Did you hear uh, the video of her going crazy and talking British? No. All right, no, I've got that. Hold on. Let's see here. This is... Uh, all right. So I apologize if I was grumpy earlier. I didn't mean to be You're grumpy. You're fun. No, I would be so mad, and now I'm kind of... I just want to get my car home and parked because, like, Timmy Ryan's engine exploded this week and squids broken down on the side of the road. I'm like, this is it. It's the beginning of maximum overdrive. Okay, this is, uh, this is Brittany uh, going to Macy's on Saturday. Uh, so this is not the same day she was shopping in her wedding dress. When was that? She was car shopping. I think, it, I think it was yesterday. Okay, because although we did hear in the story that she uh, sometimes just changes, she quote dresses to the nines. And then wanders around the house doing nothing and then changes back. So that's creepy. So this is the audio on this is not great uh, because this is her going shopping in Macy's and then walking back to her car. And there's a bunch of paparazzi around her. Screaming, Brittany! Brittany. Totally, Brittany over here! And uh, But then you could hear her answering back in a British accent. And then a couple times she loses it and just screams at them. Uh, So let me just... uh, All right, so this is... Guys, 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 guys,
Wait for it. Yeah. That's the best part right there. Is uh, she starts, and you can hear her in the British accent saying, "I'm effing over it." But she's all like, "I'm effing over it." And, and that guy that she's dating is British too. Yeah. She's probably trying to. Back off! Back off! Wait. Yeah. Oh. She just makes me uncomfortable now. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, I don't even know what's going on today. All I've got... <gasps> you bought it. Okay, good. Oh, I was I bought the buy National Enquirer. Oh, no. I bought the Enquirer this weekend. You, might, you probably purchased it. I have no shame. Did I was, you read it all this weekend? I was there buying Kraft macaroni. How proud of, could, could I... Going home to my crack house neighborhood. How, <laughs> how proud could I possibly be? Hey, at least uh, you don't <clears> live in a crack house. You're just in a crack house neighborhood. Yes. So I, uh, so I have the National Enquirer. And I am the only person, by the way, I ever see buying the National Enquirer. Like when you, when you stand in line, everybody reads the tabloids. Uh, you know, everybody, I, we, it was just clearly they're a point of sale item. You you look and you, while you're standing in the supermarket line, everybody sits there and you read the front of the Cosmo or the Star or the whatever. I, to this day, I think I'm the only person I've ever seen buying a tabloid in the supermarket line. They must sell or else they wouldn't be there. But I've never, ever, ever seen anybody in front of me at the supermarket buying a tabloid. It's just me. I'm the sole person who buys. I keep them in business. Yeah, I don't think so, I do either. Before we get to the Britney thing, uh, I'm going to quiz you. Uh, so um, did you see that? Uh, well, first of all, I'll just tell you this. I hate to be the one to break you this, to break this to you, but did you see that Jake Gyllenhaal and Reese Witherspoon are engaged? Yes, I all saw right. that. Sorry about that. That's all right. So I've got uh, a little bit of Britney stuff here. Let's see. So this is uh, the shocking details of Britney's. All I have is the sound of her. Uh, I have the sound of her going crazy. Uh, this weekend, which is, let's see. So all I have so far is this. I have that. Uh, and then I have this stuff in the Inquirer. I know there's all this madness that's happened this morning, because I guess, has she not shown up for her court date? She still hadn't last of time course. I checked. Go figure. Um, and I know that TMZ revealed a bunch of crap about her this week, but I haven't even caught up on that. So all I've got is this. This is the Inquirer. Um, let's see. Uh, this is when they took her into Cedar sinai last week. She was screaming and yelling nonsense in various voices, jabbering in a little girl's voice, then switching to a British accent. Um, let's see. Um, this is the best thing ever. Brittany went ballistic when they tried to take Jaden away at the house, according to the source. I want my baby back, the singer shouted in a thick southern accent. Then, inexplicably switching to a British accent, she said, I need to go to the loo... I need to make sure I still look beautiful, which is great and sad. Uh, let's see. Um, her mouth was so dry it was difficult to her for her to talk clearly. And then, this is the Inquirer saying this now. And keep in mind, they are not saying allegedly sources report, indications are. The Inquirer is just simply flat out saying it's true, which means that they've got it. Brittany had taken methamphetamine, the drug whose medical uses, inc medical uses include medical treatment... Uses? Uh, Include ADD and obesity gives users a short yet intense rush followed by activity and loss of appetite. Um, when Brittany was at the hospital, her father Jamie was there. She screamed, my dad is unworthy to be my father. She then began talking in a little girl's voice saying, I don't like this game. I'm not going to play anymore. Um, 
Let's see. She was then served in the... It was the best day ever for her. Then served with a restraining order, barring her from going within 100 feet of her sons. When Britney was handed the documents as the source, she blurted, I don't have to sign anything. I'm Britney Spears. I'm Britney. I can do whatever I want. Oh. I think that's the entire problem right there. Yeah. Boiled into a nutshell. Just writ small. That is the entire Britney Spears thing. Uh, let's see. The following day, Britney was dancing around her room, speaking in a British accent. Uh, she then left with a big smile on her face. Uh, let's see here. Uh, where's the thing about killing the kids? Hold on. Mm. That just goes on and on. No, it does. It's like it's page after page after page. Um, but if, let's see. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, I'll kill the kids. Brittany, wired on methamphetamine, made that terrifying threat during her four-hour standoff with police. Uh, let's see. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin had been told Brittany was mumbling something about killing herself. At one point, Kevin was told that Brittany said, I'll kill the kids. I want them with me. I want to protect my babies. Cops surrounded. Anytime you're referring to your children as your babies, it's never any That's good. That's a little mentally unstable. Uh, they also learned Brittany had three different drugs in her system, Prozac, Adderall, and methamphetamine. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what else? She said that she would, quote, die without her kids and that the cops couldn't take them. Um, let's see. Uh, crying, grasping for air. Let's see. Um, and then they have a timeline here, which is basically the stuff we know. 8.30, Brittany's screaming that she's keeping the kids, locks herself in a bathroom. So she was in the bathroom for more than three hours. Because they didn't break down the door until 11.50. So, uh, anyway, so there you go. So that's fantastic. But have you read that whole thing cover to cover? Not yet. Why? Are you asking if you can borrow it? No. Uh, I, yes. have to, I have to read a couple other things later in the program, and then, we'll, uh, and then we'll get to it. Hey, were we supposed to be talking to Lisa here? We sure were. I just realized that didn't happen for some reason. Hmm. We still have some time. Do you want to have Richie? Yeah, Richie, can you see me try to Lisa? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I was just kind of thinking that, you know... You're starting to read news from the Enquirer magazine. Yes, I am. Not starting to, sir. I'm continuing to. Well, I don't think I've ever heard you. We are long. Before. Oh no, we are long-time Enquirer enthusiasts on this program. Well, I guess my either my uh, listening enjoyment has uh, improved because of it, or well, I'm not sure which way it's going because of it. I was a little surprised. I'm sorry. He was surprised. It, because it violates the journalistic standards that this program is known for. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I, I just called in just I was just want to pass on a little note serendipitously to your screener. Serendipitously? Yes. Please so just a, hold on. Please just spell serendipitously and then to did, define it. Did you say dispel it or spell it? Please just spell and then define. S U R R E I P T O U S L Y. Well, it's close enough. What does yeah. that what does it mean? And it means uh kind of like uh Quietly, sneakily, unobtrusively. And please to pronounce it one more time. Serendipitously. Okay. Oh, Rick, just let him get his point. Oh, I'm sorry. What was? What is it you wanted to pass along serendipitously, sir? Uh, the 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 in question about you reading the Enquirer. I was thinking, you know what? You know, he might have a higher quality standards if he read from a news source that had a better reputation. They are. The, he, you know. Now let me just stop you there. So now, do you know that the National Enquirer is in fact the least sued newspaper in America? Where are you getting this information from the National that is, Enquirer? That is what they call a checkable fact, sir. Uh, all right. No, I had no idea. Yes. The, oh, uh, hold on. You mean less than the Oregonian? I mean the uh, the National Enquirer is in fact a uh, a solid source of news information, sir. That is in fact the case. 
Well, I do, I do enjoy it. I mean, especially the one when Brittany, she ate her babies after they were laid by turtles on the beach in Costa, Costa Rica or something like that. It's something, I mean, the facts are, you're right. They're undisputable. Are they serendipitously undisputable? <laughs> Probably. All right. Thank you. I don't appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Just a whole house built on shifting sand there. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hi. Hey, you know, they can legally print that Britney Spears is taking methamphetamine several times, and every, any uh, uneducated, white-blooded American would go, ooh, she's taking drugs, but, you know, she could also be taking ADD drugs, and it would come up as methamphetamines in her system. Well, methamphetamine, and, I mean, yeah, methamphetamine kind of, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Methamphetamine gets a bad rap. Uh because there are there are uh, pharmaceutical methamphetamines, uh, actually created and perfected by the Nazis of all people, uh, but uh, but German scientists actually created and perfected the pharmaceutical well, methamphetamine they prescribe now. Methamphetamines. I don't think she's taking <laughs> Nazi methamphetamines, but uh, she might be taking yes. drugs for ADD, and the Inquirer could legally you know print ten pages that she's been taking methamphetamine. Well, I think it's just a question of whether she's taking high quality methamphetamine or like hillbilly my neighborhood. Methamphetamine. Uh, I know she's probably shooting pure blood methamphetamines, but That's I'm saying they could. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how that ended. It was like the last ten seconds of that were just gibberish. All right. Uh, uh, let's see. What are we? Oh, is this uh, Lisa? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome another Rick Emerson show from the hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Well, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am fantabulous. Couldn't be better. Excellent. Well, excellent. I mean, I suppose I could be better. Done and done. I could be a lot better. I'm not doing that well. Right? Things are pretty bad, actually. Oh, really? Sign on up to the bar. Tell me what's going on. No, no, no. It's okay. I don't don't wish to... I've already spent 40 minutes belaboring my various personal problems. I don't don't wish to subject you to that. How's your life? How are things? It's good. It's good. My my voice is all the way back, or most of the way. I'm back at the Capitol. There's nobody up here. All the uh, Capitol Hill reporters are all kind of bitter that there's no news, and they're even more bitter that Congress is taking its time coming back. And uh, so it's great. Now, you uh, did you take a few days off after the uh, primary? I did. I did. I had Thursday and Friday off last week. Excellent. Did you get a chance to watch Ed Wood? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. You realize you and Sarah both have copies of Ed Wood that are sitting there unloved and unviewed. I know. I know. I need to. That's fine. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. I really big football weekend. Uh-huh. No, that's fine. I no, I don't relate, but it, it was. That's, I'll just take your word for it that it was. I wouldn't really know. Uh, I wouldn't know a really big football weekend uh, from like uh, you know from a, from a, from a pile of weevils. I, w- I really wouldn't. So. Well, I made some chili. Maybe that would. Maybe you would relate to that. It was a big chili weekend. See that? See, Rick Emerson can get behind that. That's what I figured. Uh, all right. So uh, what? So tomorrow is Michigan, right? Tomorrow is Michigan. But it doesn't really matter because nobody's acknowledging the results. <laughs> not really matter. For Democrats, it really doesn't matter at all. But the thing that you're going to love about the Democratic vote in Michigan, first of all, they're still having it. Um, Second of all, I just got off the phone with uh, a political scientist there in Michigan, and he really was describing mass confusion among Democrats because Hillary Clinton is still on the ballot in Michigan, as is Dennis Kucinich. But most of the other candidates have taken their name off the ballot. So it's really just, uh, you know, those two. Uh, And I, I think that may be it and uncommitted uh but they're getting mixed signals because some democratic activists are saying 
if you don't want Hillary Clinton, go and vote for uncommitted. Go, you know, vote against her, essentially. Uh, but others are saying, no, it's a wasted vote. Uh, it'd be better for you to vote even in the Republican race if you want. So all these Democrats, it's not, they really don't know what they're doing. But the Republican race actually uh, could matter it, because Mitt Romney, this is his home state. Of course, he hasn't lived there for 30 years, uh, but his, his papa, Papa Romney, a very popular, well-known governor from Michigan, uh, and he's been running to a slew of ads with, of course, his picture next to his father in them. He's hoping that'll help him. If he comes in third in Michigan, he's hosed. Doesn't, he's, he's in big trouble. You know, it, it doesn't, it's, it's possible. It doesn't seem likely right now, but it is possible. Mike Huckabee is actually galvanizing uh, this sort of strange, uh, I call it strange because most Republicans have not tapped into this, this evangelical vote in Michigan that does exist, especially around Grand Rapids. But even Gerald Ford and those guys never really tried to uh, bring these groups into their campaigns. But Mike Huckabee's trying to tap into that. And if he really does get a lot of support there, similar to what he saw in Iowa, he could come in second, bump Romney down to third, and that really would be a disaster for Romney. He'd stay in it, but it would be a blow to the mat for him. Well, you've got to, I mean, Mike Huckabee, I will say this, as boring and as bland and as completely and totally uninteresting as I find, he is just like... I know you're so bored to them. Is it the crew neck sweaters? I don't know. He is just like a bowl of cornflakes that's been left in the sun. I mean, he's just so completely uninteresting, but he did have a great line... Or somebody who works for him had a great line about Mitt Romney, which is that you want somebody who's like a guy you work with, not like the guy who fired you. Right. Uh, which is exactly what Mitt Romney comes off as. Mitt Romney comes off as every guy who's ever raised your rent or downsized you. Uh, <laughs> with a smile. Yeah. I. Uh, and, and, but. Um, I, but you know, Mitt Romney. You know, how does he play in Michigan? He he seems to be holding his own there, but. The Michigan primary itself, the way it is set up, it's a lot like New Hampshire in that, you know, it, you can vote. You, you don't go, you don't sign up for one party or the other. You show up and you can go and vote Democratic or Republican. So that is very good for John McCain, who's, you know, he, the, you know, you typically think that independents go for him. We have, you know, that has yet to be tested. I don't think that's true everywhere, but I think it will be true in Michigan. So, and I think the general setup there could be very good for him. So if you're the Democratic Party, I mean, yeah. who, are you, who are you pulling for on the Republican side if you're the Democrats right I, now, or are you just pulling for there to still be no frontrunner? You know, they seem not coordinated enough to have made that decision who they're pulling for. I mean, I, I think if you are a Democrat you're, and you're looking for the national race, you might be pulling for Mike Huckabee because he is more conservative on the social issues and because he has, you know, his plan to abolish the IRS and have a national sales tax. And I feel like... The, the Democrats could really uh, have a good time, as it were, with that issue and say, you know, he wants to raise the price of everything by 33 percent. You know, and, and Mike Huckabee would argue that's not true and that the tax actually uh, is lower than that. You get into a big debate over how it works. But it's, it's an issue that is out of the box and that I think most voters, uh, you know, would be surprised by. It's so also I not going to help him if he continues to make these creepy statements about Iran seeing the gates of hell. <laughs> Somebody ought to tell him not to talk that way if he wants to be elected president, because that's just creepy sounding. <laughs> it's, you have a point there. But see, see the, all of that stuff, I think, boils down to him uh, perhaps being the guy. If you want to look at those top four 
Uh, perhaps he's your candidate if you're a Democrat. But then again, Huckabee, even though he bores you to tears, the truth is on the trail, he is more refreshing. He's different than the rest of the guys. He does come off as less scripted. He does come off as more genuine than the rest of those guys. I mean, I've seen that. I've been at his really? events. And he really is uh, more interesting on the trail. Uh, he would almost have to be more interesting. I mean, I, again, I don't mean, I'm not trying to sound like I'm picking on him just for its own sake. It's just he right. he just seems, he seems like like some sort of he seems like a political clip art candidate i mean just just you know something you got out of a file that's just sort of a placeholder <laughs> that you can use in any situation and any occasion who doesn't really have any defining traits parachute him in right so you're saying it's ba it's basically like calling him the sexiest member of the supreme court exactly really, that's isn't a huge compliment i'm saying you know here here's the thing uh mike huckabee Mike Huckabee is like the, uh, let's see, what's the best example I can come up with? He is the according to Jim um, <laughs> no. of the political world. I mean, really? I, you know, here's the thing. It's rough. You think about according to Jim, that sitcom, I can't really tell you much about it, except it's kind of every sitcom. It's kind of a fat guy married to a hot woman, and then uh, they don't have a lot of money, but they get by because they have a blue-collar love between them. <laughs> And you know, right. and and he like he you know he he like fixes buses for a living, and like she's a she's a school lunch lady, but you know, and they make it through thick and kind thin, of and a little zang, and you right. know, exactly, and you know, yeah. and at the, at the end of every episode, she Wise cracks, yeah, she puts him back in his place as a woman is supposed to do, and then they hug, and he says, "I love you, baby," and then and then I kill myself. Now, is that show considered? I I I've never heard anyone describe that show as a success, but it sure seems like it was on for an awful long time. That's the thing about Mike Huckabee. I can't really think of anything he's done or been good at, but. He's around, and he's somehow the front runner for no readily apparent reason. So I yeah, see now. I don't know if you could call him the front runner. He did win Iowa by quite a margin. Well, he's a front runner. He's a front runner, right? right? Exactly. You know, I think what he's done well is he has a very consistent conservative platform, social conservative platform, and he's been more consistent, and he's had more fire on that than than Fred Thompson. That's basically what he's done. You know. You know, social conservatives had two guys to pick from, Mike Huckabee and Fred Thompson. Fred Thompson was a big dud. And then Mike Huckabee <laughs> came up and said, you know, hey, guys, I got you guys. You guys hear the one about the skunk? You know, I mean, he's he's he had that effect. He uh, actually gained interest from a group that was really looking for a dance partner. And, and they found him. I, just a final note before we go. I will say this for anybody. And this is just directed at folks, as they say. Anybody who doesn't understand exactly how crazy that phrase is when he said, when he told Iran, you will prepare to see the gates of hell. Yeah. I, I mean, it, if, if to understand exactly how nutty that is, you have to shift it ever so slightly in your head and put it in a different framework. Imagine if he had said to Iran, prepare to dine in Valhalla. <laughs> I mean, which is really more or less the same thing. Everybody would be that we'd be putting that guy in a room next to Britney well, Spears that's a right now. Larger philosophical question. I mean, like uh, you're questioning the existence of hell. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole other kit and caboodle. I'm not. I'm just saying it's just a little. It's a little crazy to say. That's my only <laughs> I just, point. I also have to say I I really like I was really hopeful that that was going to just keep building and building in sort of a rhetorical uh, fire and brimstone pyramid after. Uh, Fred Thompson came back and said, yeah, well, they might just end up seeing those virgins they talk so much about. You know, that was fantastic. And, and it almost sort of acknowledged, yeah, they, it, kind of, it was a weird uh, sort of sarcastic remark that in a way I could see someone uh, getting the translation, uh, you know, in, in some sort of Al-Qaeda right. camp being like, Fred Thompson admits we're going to go see a bunch of virgins. We are, we are the kill everyone party. <laughs> right. All right. Excellent. Are you on tomorrow? I am. I'll be here. Fantastic. We will talk to you then. Enjoy your day, Lisa. Okay, you All too. Right, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right. Tim Riley, have ye news for us?
Yes, yes. Wonderful. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back with the new news hour after this. This is the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. a friend who went on that show. Uh, then a friend is... I had a good friend whose girlfriend went on that show. Uh-oh. And, I probably didn't end up. Uh, no, it wasn't about him. Uh, it was like, it was... It, no, in fact, it wasn't uh, It wasn't Springer. It was... Um, no, it was less interesting. It was Jenny Jones. She went on the Jenny Jones program. Here's the funny thing about the Jenny Jones show. It, it, you know, didn't like, the Jenny Jones show kill a person? Yes, yes, they did, Sarah. Uh, show that murders. <laughs> yes. Jenny Jones, what happened to her? I don't know. She's hot, though. Still hot. She's still hot? Probably. Uh, it, the great thing is it's in Chicago, of course. You fly there. They pick you up at your hotel. They limo you to the studio. And then as soon as the show is over, they just kick you out into the alley. Find your own way home. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. What's going on here? Uh, Sarah was miming that it smelled like cigarette smoke, and I was pointing out because Richie was just in the studio. It smells like a cigarette button here. No. Well, I cleaned everything with ammonia, so I'm smelling ammonia in this. No, it's it's because Richie was in the room, and he's a, you know, he's a smoker. 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 Anyway, uh, certain officers were called to a Northeast Portland home early this morning after a man followed another man home from a bar, and he didn't like that. The victim called police around... Was he coming home from the Jenny Jones show? It doesn't say. He called the police around 2.37 from a gas station. He said he was leaving a local watering hole when the man approached him and followed him home on Northeast 52nd Street and would not leave. The victim then left the man at his house and walked to a shell station to call the police. Seems rather bizarre, doesn't it? The victim told police he had an assault rifle at his home. Sir, it was called to the scene, and they entered the house. The suspect was found sleeping on the sofa. The suspect was transported to the East Precinct. Wait, let me understand this. So this guy says, I was at a bar, some guy followed me home, and is now asleep on my sofa. Basically, yes, and he left the house, went to a nearby hmm. gas station, and called police. I think we can all fill in the blanks here. Uh-huh. I think we all know exactly what happened. Uh-huh. That's that. A little last-second change of heart, maybe? Perhaps so. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, here's a... Uh... Well, let me give you the headline first. Family continues its road trip to Oregon with dead grandma in an RV. Wow, Paige and Clark Griswold, really? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. A bizarre investigation is underway in Hillsborough after police say they were contacted by a family whose grandmother died on a recent road trip, yet they decided to keep going so they wouldn't ruin their vacation. Please tell me that they wrapped her in plastic and strapped her to the roof and drove onward in the rain. So this happy voyage began in California, and uh, they were first heading to Arkansas. They meant it to be a very special trip for Grandma to see loved ones one more time before she died. Uh, she was expected to live long enough to complete the trip. They were wrong. <laughs> After Arkansas, the family began driving the RV toward Oregon, but the grandmother died in Wyoming. Wonderful. Uh, however, when she died, the family decided to keep driving and transporting the dead Grandma more than a thousand miles until they reached Hillsboro, their next destination. Uh, they said a doctor had told them, based on her condition, that if she had died... Uh, they should continue to drive to their destination. Go on without me, or with me. She had a personal physician in Hillsborough, and the idea was that the physician would have her medical records and information about her condition. Uh, police are investigating, uh, but uh, said it doesn't appear that anybody committed a crime here. 
One of the family members says that Grandma had told the family it was her wish to be in Oregon in her final days. One way or another. She is. All right. Uh, their intention started out to be something good, says the medical examiner. But, I mean, how did they, what did they do? Did they wrap her and stick her in the trunk? It doesn't give the condition of Grandma. Let's just say what kind of car it was. Just an RV. Oh, well, if it's an RV, there's probably lots of places you could stash her. Mm-hmm. Although, I guess, if it's an RV like a, like a, 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 a camper, a mobile home or something, or a motor home, uh, how many people are in the family, not counting her? It doesn't Mom, say. dad, two kids, does it say? It does not say. Because I'm thinking that if there's more than mom and dad, somebody has to like somebody has to be traveling in the actual body of the motorhome. And if that's where grandma is as well, then you have, I mean, if they have children, they have no choice but to strap her corpse to the roof. Because otherwise you're going to be, otherwise your kids are going to be back holding up the body of grandma while they, while they travel to Hillsborough. All that right. is true. Now, we're going to find out more about this. By the way, just I will give this away from from me to whoever wants to use this. If the next time there is some awful story that comes from that part of the world, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that nobody has begun referring to it as Hellsboro. Oh, that's true. Hellsboro. We'll start doing that. Okay. Uh, here's another grandma story. An elderly woman who has dementia and who was reported missing by her family was found in Lewis County this morning after getting in a wrong way crash in I-5. Ugh. Uh, Joe McClellan was last seen yesterday afternoon driving to uh, Park Rose Hardware on Southeast 164th Avenue and Southeast 1st. She was driving a maroon Mercury Sable Station wagon with a Washington plate. Uh, the cops say that uh, Grandma somehow drove to uh, Centralia, where she got into a wreck driving the wrong way on I-5. But she uh, she did survive the crash and uh, has a back injury, but... It's not that serious. Do you ever say, do, let me ask you this. When you hear about old people or just people who have gone nuts, or Brittany in this case, do you ever start to wonder about if you will someday get dementia and exactly what form it will take? Hmm. Was a non-committal grunt? I suppose so, yes. I mean, now, if I may ask this, now, is, it, had you, is there anyone in your family who has had Alzheimer's? No, uh, but I've had a... Uh, Crazy uh, uncle, maybe? I, a grandfather. My uh, my uncle had uh, just come home from the service and bought himself a brand new car. Uh-huh. And my grandfather said, Can I, may I take this for a spin? And he crashed it into the side bridge and totaled it. <laughs> but that was, wait, now, was he demented or just a bad driver? No, he was a bad person. <laughs> Can I destroy your shiny new automobile? He used to roll his own cigarettes and drink vodka out of the bottle. Wonderful. <laughs> just like he did in the old country. <laughs> I bring uh, Russian customs to America. <laughs> Fantastic. No, I, I, Lara will, uh, you know, she'll come home someday, and some days I'll be like, what's up? She's like, ah, oh, house full of crazy people, you know, because she takes care of the insane. And, oh, man, oh, man, I can't believe I didn't tell you, I have the best, Tim, as a movie, as a movie aficionado, you yeah. will appreciate this as a filmophile. So, um, so, uh, my wife, and I will not be any more specific except to say that she works with the crazy. That could be in any number of places, could be, could be in any, in any, in any, you know, there could be any kind of crazy. Now, knowing that. It is apparent why she sees no reason to move. With everything you, you put up with on a daily oh, basis. Oh, no, really, honestly. You have no idea. On the worst day in our neighborhood, I mean, they could throw Molotov cocktails through the house across the street, and it would not be as stressful as her average day at work. Right. You know? So living where you live is a, like a Sunday picnic. There's a lot of the, uh, you know, you know, like you go to see her at work, and there's, you know, you'll see a guy carrying a pane of glass through. And what's that about? Well, a patient tried to kill someone with a chair. Drooling <laughs> and sticking toothpicks in their eyes. <laughs> exactly. The big Indian in the corner just sits there and doesn't say anything. Um, anyway, so now this is completely true. This sounds made up. This sounds like some sort of a, a, a joke that would be like in a movie or something. Um so one of the things they do, just like old people, one of the things they do to occupy crazy people is they stick them in a day room and, like, have them watch television. 
And these people are all crazy, of course. And I don't mean just a little crazy. I mean full-on screaming like bat-ass crazy. And so all the movies come out of like this little library of films that the hospital has. Are these harmless pictures? Of... No, no, they're not. That's People taking balloon rides no. and singing on hillsides? That's what, that's what I thought. So I don't even know how to reveal the punchline here. I guess, I'll just, I guess I'll just say it. My wife came home and she's like, hey, you know what the worst movie ever made is? And I said, I don't know. What do you... She's like, what's the worst movie in the history of the world? And I said, I don't know, Geely or Ishtar. You know, the usual suspects, you know, in, in that kind of a question. And she said, no. She said, the worst movie in the world is, and this is only half the joke, is... Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, which apparently was one of the movies they had watched at work that day. And by they, I mean the patients. So they had these crazy people in a room who were already just depressed and suicidal and whatever, and they're sitting there being made to watch a Rob Schneider film. And not just any Rob Schneider film, but Deuce Bigelow. And not just any Deuce Bigelow film, but the sequel. Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. That's what is going to turn your life around. You're sitting there, they brought you in because you baked your neighbor into a pie, and they're trying to make you better by making you watch a Rob Schneider film. I swear to you, I didn't think this could get any funnier. But later on in the day, they swapped out the Rob Schneider film for something else. Keep in mind, by the way, and again, I won't reveal anything about the specifics of where she works, except to say that there are lots of people in this crazy house who, uh, let's to, to put it gently, um, have had some bad things happen to them in their lives. They have had, uh, they have perhaps been treated poorly at the hands of relatives or, you know, just plain folks. Maybe had a trauma or two inflicted on them. And so here they are in the crazy house. The only two films they had to watch this weekend is so, I'm such a bad person for laughing at this. And I would not believe this myself if my wife had not told me. I would think that I was making this up for the sake of humor. But I swear to you, on everything I know that this is true. The only two films they had to show the crazy people were Deuce Bigelow 2 and Deliverance. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> but that was rewarding. <laughs> oh, man. And the best part is, is that none of the nurses had ever seen it, and so they didn't know what it was about. <laughs> And the only... Is it about a gift? Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, have you seen Deliverance? I really haven't, but I've heard bad things about it. Squeal like a pig, boy. Oh, my God. You've got a pretty mouth. Oh, that's where that comes there's from? There's a lot of forcible... There's a lot of... For... It could have been filled in Gresham. There's, there's some um, male-on-male uh, interaction at, at weapon point. Oh. Let's put it that way. By people who probably take off their clothes on the max. Yeah, exactly. Those type of people. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of toothless rape uh, happening in that movie. So none of they them are in Tennessee. <laughs> so none of the nurses had ever seen Deliverance. So they got this Deuce Bigelow isn't working out too well. What should we show these crazy people? How about this Deliver? It's got Burt Reynolds. Everybody likes him. They put it in. Maybe the they got in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> they put they put it in and they walk away. And my. <laughs> I'm such a bad person for laughing at this. We're all bad people because we're all laughing at my, my My wife said they didn't realize it was a bad idea until she was walking through the day room, not really paying paying any attention. And it was at the um, it was at the horrible raping sequence. And one of the patients said, "Are we really seeing this?" <laughs> and my wife looked over at the screen, and you know, there's the whole squeal like a pig thing happening. And she said at that point, she swiftly went over and removed the DVD from the player. 
Oh man! So here's so I don't have it today, but here's what she's gonna uh, she's agreed to as long as I obviously don't reveal anything about where she works. She's actually going to bring me the list of films in the hospital library that the patients have to choose from each day. God only knows what other surprises are looking in there. <laughs> Swap it up for Requiem for a Dream. Oh. Oh man. Isn't that fantastic? That's fantastic. That story made my whole weekend okay. Yeah, it's true. Do Spiggle or two and Deliverance. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. Oh. Well, city officials in Cornelius revoked a permit that would allow the criminally insane to move into a new group home in that community. <laughs> Speaking of the devil. About 1,300 Cornelius residents were notified at the end of December oh. that a change in state policy means some of their new neighbors would include convicted sex offenders. Well done. Uh... Eight of the residents have been judged guilty except for insanity in crimes ranging from arson, attempted murder and rape, to third-degree assault, and resisting arrest. Some remain at the home for years. Okay. Oh. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> the first state agency in Oregon to officially ban tobacco of any kind will be the Department of Human Services. Beginning May 30th, no more chewing tobacco. Uh, and uh, smokers cannot huddle. Uh, oh, smokers! Oh, they can't huddle. Where? Outside Where doors. Where is this? This is the Department of Human Services. Whatever they do. For ten thousand employees, well, ten thousand people work here in Salem, and for visitors of the agency's headquarters in Salem and forty-nine other offices across the state, uh, it's take to the sidewalk if you need tobacco. Wait, so there are ten thousand people at the Department of Human Services alone? Yeah, that's more than who work at the Oregonian. I was just going to say, it's more than the population of Salem, I would what think. What do people do here? I have no How many people in Salem could possibly need helping? I don't know. Jesus. Uh, smoke in public buildings is already prohibited, but the tobacco ban takes it to a new level, and other state agencies are watching to see how it goes. Does this mean that there's a big problem with people at the state offices chewing tobacco while helping the public? I bet it says here, no more chewing tobacco. That's going to fill you with confidence. You go up to the state assistance window, and there's some guy with a mouthful of Copenhagen behind mm -hmm. the counter. What can I do you for? Want to watch Deliverance? <laughs> Oh, man, the urge to play dueling banjos is so strong right now that I, I won't play it. No, I will Okay, I can, I can get it. I'll find it. I'll get it into the break. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. Uh, police say a 17-year-old carjacked an acquaintance outside the Lloyd Center and the police on a wild goose chase. Uh, Tristan Kwame Irving faces charges of eluding, menacing, reckless driving, hit and run. According to police, Irving met an acquaintance in the parking lot of the Lloyd Center 10 Cinema at 10 p.m., which scares me to death because I was just out there a week ago, and got into an argument over who owned the acquaintance's 1992 Chevy Blazer. Irving allegedly pointed a gun and took the Blazer. Allegedly. Uh, police uh, quickly spotted the vehicle and unsuccessfully tried to stop it. Irving eventually crashed at the intersection of Northeast 14th Place and Northeast Webster Street and ran. A passenger with Irving also ran, but was not quickly taken into custody. Police called out a special response team to find him, and several hours later, team members discovered him in an abandoned vehicle. Uh, police determined the passenger was not involved in the hijacking. That person was released without being charged. So, oh, that's a dangerous place. The Lloyd Center parking lot for Cinema 10. Jesus, and you know if I ever uh, do move, I, I mean, it's going to take me... Uh, I mean, you know it's, now it's not an if, but it's a when. It's just going to take me months to figure out where to move. because now We'll because, find your place quicker than that. I was just going to say, by dint of working on the show, the number of neighborhoods whose danger I have been apprised of is just immense. There, there are bad pockets everywhere. I suppose. And, and just as many good pockets. Even in your neighborhood? Yes, there are. There are bad pockets in your neighborhood? Somebody hit a fence last year and took off, and it's like a cold case file now. Wait, so this is the biggest problem in your neighborhood, is that someone someone hit a fence with the car, and they don't, they don't know who. Mm -hmm. 
You you do so realize that there are actual shootings on my street, right? You, you do realize that people get stabbed right next door to me. Yes. Okay. I'm just saying it's all relative. I'll take a fence hitting now and again. All right. All things being equal, that'd be fine with me. No, you. there are many, many different neighborhoods. You know, that reminds me of someone I used to live my next-door neighbor in St. John's sold his house in St. John's to move to another place in St. John's. <laughs> really? Because it had a bigger yard. And we're trying to t- There are other places <laughs> in which to live in the city besides saying, well, my wife tells me that I can't safely walk outside here. Well, you still can in your new neighborhood the guy, two blocks away. Actually, and who am I to talk about a good neighborhood? I had a crackhead living above me up until like two months ago. Good for you. <laughs> oh, I saw chased out of the house with a knife. I mean, I guess my neighborhood isn't any better than yours. I'm just saying. And I have one neighbor who leaves at least two or three days of newspapers on the sidewalk before they pick them up. And, and I mean, and the idea that you're you're moving in St. John's because you want to buy a bigger yard, a yard you cannot possibly spend much time in for fear of being killed. Correct. I mean, really, I can spend even more time outside my home here in St. John's. All right. Jesus. Well, let's see. Oh, here's a bad news one. A man who was run over while walking on North Portland Street remains in critical condition. Police accused the driver of speeding and driving intoxicated. This happened at the intersection of North Pheasanton and North Macrum in St. John's. Uh, investigators believe 35-year-old Richard Kramer and his wife were walking their dog when Peter Chimuku made a fast turn on the road, lost control of his van, and struck Kramer, pinning him against a tree. Yeah. He's been taken to a manual. Uh, police say uh, Chimuku remained at the scene and claimed the driver had run away and he was merely a passenger. Left in the investigation, they found out this guy was the driver after all and the, new, the only person in there. So he's charged with uh, one kind of assault. Uh, one kind of assault in the third degree, DUI, driving with suspended license, reckless driving. So he was taken up to jail. So let's go on to national things today. In the garden place that is known as Iraq, the government is placing blame on gasoline shortages on uh, its neighboring countries, also sabotaging their power cuts that occur uh, throughout the country in the midst of a bitter cold winter. It's winter in Baghdad. I didn't think it ever got cold in Baghdad. Only when we're there. Some districts in Baghdad... Only have power for an hour a day. Many do not have water. Democracy is thriving. Temperatures in the Iraqi uh, capital have already registered below zero. Uh, The city also had its uh, first snowfall. In memory, I hate to be this guy, but before before we went in there and destroyed that whole place, didn't they have power? It was a desert. Didn't they have an infrastructure? It was a desert. It didn't work. Well, we wanted to make it more like New York. Of course. uh, But seriously, it doesn't snow in like Saudi Arabia, does it? No. Why is it suddenly snowing in Iraq? I don't know. We must have done something there. I mean, I know that it can snow in a desert. It snows in Kennewick, which is a desert. But, I mean, but Kennewick is also here. That's way over there where it's hot all the time, I thought. Mm. I mean, maybe I'm just an ugly American, and I assume Oh, it's hot over there all the time. It's a desert. Except when it's snowing. Except when it's snowing. You suppose that's something we did? Something must have gone wrong. Oh, by the way, can I tell you this? Speaking of Iraq, my wife revealed to me this morning that we actually own stock in Halliburton. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I found that out this morning. As I was taking it to work, we were talking about something. I know this makes us sound even more like the, you know, we- weaselly yuppies that we're slowly becoming. But as we were talking about whatever, she she brought us something about the stock market, and I said, uh-huh, whatever. I was sort of under And She goes, oh, by the way, our Halliburton stock is up. And I said, what? Yeah, it's gone way up. Yeah. No, she's like, yeah, we're she's like, we're, we're in Halliburton. It's really doing well for us. And I was like, uh, okay, whatever. Which, which will make it possible for you to move. How, how great is that? Uh-huh. The war in Iraq will give me a new home. It won't actually give anything to Iraqis, but it'll give me the uh, the money to move somewhere else. Right. So next up, investing in big tobacco. That's going to be my next. They ought to have. Uh, here's an idea I had. They ought to have a mutual fund that is simply a vice fund that does nothing but invest in vices, booze, cigarettes, houses of prostitution, mm-hmm. whatever. They ought to have some mutual fund that is just sin stocks. 
I would completely invest it. I would put all my money in that, like, today. But uh, so those of you interested in, uh, you know, interested in mutual funds, you should know that Halliburton is apparently doing very well. Here's Tim Riley. So every time we have a, a story about somebody threatening us, you only have to wait a couple of days to find out it was a hoax. So here's the latest one. That threatening radio message that the president was telling us about? Yeah. Showing uh, Iraqi patrol boats swarming near U.S. warships in the Persian Gulf? It, uh, it's a prankster. Rather than uh, the Iranian vessels. This comes from the Navy Times itself. The video and audio of the incident uh, featured a man accented with English saying, I'm coming for you. You will explode in minutes. Well, as it turns out, it's it's only a prank, kids. All the more reason to bomb Iran so it doesn't happen again. Did you see, uh, A, two things from Bush this weekend. One, he said, quote, he was, I don't listen to him anymore. I only saw this because it was on Drudge. He said, quote, I'm just fine, end quote, with leaving uh, troop levels in Iraq the way they are. He's just fine with it. That was his quote. And B, uh, he said that Iran, today he said that Iran is the world's foremost sponsor of terrorism. So that's like the ninth thing in about a week uh, that they've said about Iraq. So clear or Iran. So we can clearly see what's coming with that. That, uh, that game seems to be played out already. Hi, here on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. I was just going to mention, um, in Iraq, uh, typically when you deploy, you usually deploy around March or April because that's when we invaded. So, you know, about a year from then you uh-huh. show up there. Well, um, March, April is sort of springtime in Iraq, so that's just starting to get warm. And uh, if you consider that in summer it gets up to like 140 degrees, yeah. when you get around to winter and the temperature drops below 60, that's almost a 100-degree difference from what you've now become used to. Well, fair enough, but, it's, but it, it still shouldn't be snowing there. No, no, the snow is definitely weird. But I mean, that's I, just... When I was in Iraq, um, my hands were turning purple from being outside all the time and just it being really, really cold. And then it gets rainy. That's a lot of fun. But, I mean, when you, uh, it was really cold. I mean, I guess prolonged exposure to anything is bad for you. But when you you say you were suffering because it was like 60 degrees? Below. It was not 60 below, but, you know. It, but it was like 60. This is like when I worked at 7-Eleven in Southern California. And it would, it, would, it would dip below 75 degrees, and guys would come in to start buying Duraflame logs because they were freezing to death. Yeah, but you got the wind chill factor, too, because there are no... Um, Hills in most of Baghdad, so the wind brings the temperature down further and further. It gets down to, like, I think it got down to 40 while I was there. Mm. All right, well, the snow yeah. is still just freaky, though. That makes me that wonder is really if Halliburton weird. has secret snow machines they've set up there to demoralize the enemy. Like, like that would surprise any of us at this point. All right, thank you, sir. Yep. Thank you. All right. Would it surprise you at all if you thought the government had secret weather machines and we were covering Iraq with snow just to freak people out? Wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. Not one bit. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, wow, wow, hold on. Let's just calm down, friend. Oh, no, I'm in the shower, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, Vice. I, I invest in a mutual fund that's called the Vice Fund, and it's uh, it invests in gambling, tobacco, alcohol, and uh, defense stocks. Now, when you say gambling, what do you mean by that? Like uh, gaming companies like Wynn Resorts and the Sands and stuff like that. That's Now, is it doing well for you? Uh, you know, it was it was doing great up until about November, and then it just went down the toilet. Well, that'll come back. The vice never goes away. Well, that's true, and that's why I invested in it. I was I was a little disconcerted when I got the prospectus. I thought it was just gambling and tobacco and oh, booze. Here we go. Tim found it for me. The, the vice fund, they call it. Yeah, it's called. And if you go to vicefund.com, you can yeah. look it up. I'm, I'm sorry for calling from the shower. I got to go get my shots. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's go back to what shots. Uh, I'm going to Peru in a couple of weeks, and i got to go get a bunch of shots. And so why are you in the shower? 
Because I got to go to the doctor, and I don't want to be uh, dirty when I go to the doctor. Are you are you showering right now? Yes, I'm in the shower. I'm, I'm talking to you on speakerphone. But I wanted to tell you about this vice Fantastic. You are the coolest person ever. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Good luck in Peru. Okay. So it engages in aerospace and defense industries, owners and operators of casinos and gambling facilities, manufacturers of gaming equipment such as slot machines, manufacturers of cigarettes and other tobacco products, brewers, uh, let's see, distillers, Venters and producers of alcoholic beverages. No other fund concentrates solely on these four sectors. I am totally going to put my money into that. Let's see I'll here. put my money into that fund like today. What is the minimum investment? Let's find out here. Doesn't matter. Four thousand. That's fine. That's fine. I'll do whatever I have to do. Four thousand. <laughs> I'll sell whatever I have to sell. That's really. I mean, if you had to invest in something right now, can you think of something that's more of a guaranteed growth industry than that? Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like crematoriums or something. That's the only thing I can think of that is uh, that's likely to be around and be booming. Wonderful. I wish I could invest in paparazzi somehow. I wish I could. Uh, I don't think that's a publicly traded company. But AOL is though. Oh, that's. And they own TMZ. Mm-hmm. So like just some sort of paparazzi uh, fund, I would totally put my money into that. Fantastic. Cigarettes, uh, booze, gambling, rock and roll. Excellent. Wide economic moats. Moats. That's what it says there. It's from Morningstar. All right. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. I'll just take us into break here. We'll be back after this. Uh, coming up, more from Jim Riley later on. Jim Roop, top five, uh, Jackass 2.5, and Richie Bristol. Stay there. Everything. Chris Christopherson is the greatest guy ever. He's he like, was so handsome and he's way cooler than Chuck Norris. I mean, I really that's a bold statement, but it's true. Uh, so Chris Christopherson, let's let's run down the gamut. Uh, well, he made that film. He's a great actor. There's an open channel somewhere. Uh, like he was a Golden Gloves boxer. He dated Janis Joplin. He wrote Me and Bobby McGee. He wrote Sunday Morning Coming Down. I mean, he's like yeah. Even his later films are really good. Payback with Mel Gibson, which is a really great film, by the way. Payback is a pretty wonderful movie. Chris Christopherson is fantastic in that as well. I know this sounds dumb, but Paul Harvey did a great rest of the story about uh, Chris Christopherson at one point, listing all of his various accomplishments. And that's what makes him even more attractive is how multi-talented he is. Oh, yeah. No, he's yeah, he's done everything. Here's Tim Riley. Let's do a Darwin watch. Fantastic. Here's your Darwin watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one busts up. 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 Don't, don't, don't.
scope here. Uh, from Seoul, South Korea, here comes word that the Seoul Subway Authority will install toilets in drivers' compartments. After one of its engineers plunged to his death, apparently relieving himself from a train that was in motion. The Seoul Metro plans to provide nearly 400 toilets from this month in drivers' cabs and increase the number of staff bathrooms. The major concern is the smell. They say Not, not people, you know, like falling to their deaths. Uh, yeah. The incident that prompted the move took place in December when a driver apparently suffering from diarrhea leaned out of his apartment and uh, fell on the track. Hold on. Unexpectedly suffering from diarrhea is pretty great and mm-hmm. terrible. He leaned out of his compartment and fell onto the tracks. He was hit by another passing train. So uh, they're going to have this uh, little portable toilet here that fits in a suitcase. Yeah. A German man threw himself out of an apartment window along with his Christmas tree during a late-night attempt to dispose of his festive decorations. The man fell 22 feet after he lost his balance, throwing the tree onto the street in the <laughs> northwest of the city. The tree did not break his fall. <laughs> really? There's a TV advert showing people having fun throwing their Christmas trees out the windows at a police spokesman, <laughs> but they're not supposed to jump with them. The man was taken to the hospital in critical condition Where with was severe head injuries. Uh, this is in Germany. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, severe injuries. And last but not least, a 39-year-old man who fell to his death in Hollywood in a shopping mall has been identified. Roger Zawowski of Valencia was sliding down a railing on a moving escalator at the Hollywood and Highland Complex last night when he fell and hit his head. He was pronounced dead at the scene. The victim's friends told investigators he'd been drinking quite a bit. Of course. There you go. There's your best way to start a money. There's your triple Darwin watch, by the way. All right, by the way, I'm just going to give this brief uh, recap of why Chris Christopherson is the greatest guy who's ever lived. All right. I'm just going to list it. This is just a handful of Chris Christopherson's achievements. Uh, He was, uh, let's see, on the cover of Sports Illustrated for his achievements in rugby, football, track and field, and as a Golden Gloves boxer. Mm. He is a Rhodes Scholar. He went to Oxford University. He's a professor of English literature. He, uh, let's see, wrote me and Bobby McGee. He wrote Sunday Morning Coming Down. Uh, He was a helicopter pilot commercially and in the military. And, of course, he was in such films as Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore and A Star is Born. There you go. Well. So, Chris Christopherson, greatest guy ever. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, Hillary Clinton went on the TV yesterday on Meet the Press. She defended remarks of her husband, uh, Bill Clinton, who has compared Obama's position to a, a fairy tale. Oops, hang on a minute here. Let me get rid of this. To a fairy tale. What he was talking about was the story of Senator Obama's campaign being premised on a speech he gave uh, in 2002. And that was to his credit. He gave a speech opposing uh, the war in Iraq. Okay, so let's hold Hillary to the following if she's elected. The New York senators say she would begin a withdrawal of troops from Iraq within 60 days upon winning the White House. Part of the reason that the Iraqis are doing anything is because they see this election happening. And they know they don't have much time. That the blank check that George Bush gave them is about to be torn up. Well, make it keep snowing. So this is... 
Wait, so she's so saying within what? 60 days. 60 days? All right. She will withdraw troops within 60 days. Boy, you know, the thing is, so Michigan is coming up, which may or may not matter, and then South Carolina. Yeah. And I, I, if you're a Barack Obama's campaign right now, you really just have to be shaking in your boots because you know that the Clinton machine will just destroy you. I mean, if, if, they, if anybody gets in their way, and I say this with all respect, if the, the Clinton machine will just grind you into hamburger. I mean, if you have any, any weak spot, any weak point at all, I mean, they will just hit you and just keep hitting you until you are uh, dust. I mean, I mean, they will they will have you taken care of. They know people who can do such things. Uh, one of Hillary's top advisors was arrested in Nashua the day before the uh, primary and charged with aggravated driving while intoxicated. They caught Sidney Blumenthal speeding through Greeley Park, driving a rental car at 70 miles an hour shortly after midnight. By the way, that's a 30-mile-an-hour zone for the locals. Officers say the 59-year-old Blumenthal failed a field sobriety test and refused to take a breath test because he refused the breathalyzer. Blumenthal, who lives in Washington, D.C., and has a D.C. driver's license, cannot draw in New Hampshire pending the outcome of his court case. So there. Fantastic. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Sarah, Sarah Kim. Hello. Hello. Hey. Uh, that shower thing was weird. Although, that sounds like a good scene for your next Aaron Sorkin dream. I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, the guy calling me on the speakerphone from <laughs> yeah. his shower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, make room for a third in there. Okay. Okay, now, I, I hate to make your weekend even worse, but uh -huh. where, where does Dennis sit when he does his show? Oh, God. He sits in my chair and uses his <laughs> microphone. What are you going to tell me? Well, my kids and I were down, going down to Hawthorne oh, no. to enjoy the very sponsors. Uh-huh. Jackpot. CD Game uh, Exchange. CD Game Exchange, yes. yep. I have a Coney Island Knicks. Um, he coughed through the entire oh, show. Really? <laughs> yeah, what kind of a cough? Was it a sort of, I got it something was, in my throat? Yeah, no, 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 no. It was a cold. It was, yeah, it was I have not a good. Bubonic plague cough. Your basic phlegm launch. Your basic phlegm. Right into yeah, this microphone. Hit the I... cough button. Of course not. Why would you do that? Why would you use the cough button that is put right here at great expense to CBS Radio? Really? Exactly. One yeah. last thought. Yeah. How in the world is Reese Witherspoon going to get the uh, vision of Heath Ledger spitting in his hand out of her mind? Wow. Wow. Okay. Thank oh, you. Oh, come on. Hey, hey, bye. Bye now. Uh, by the way, that, that, that place you just talked about, uh -huh. um, that's right Tony next to Island? Yeah. I've never been there. And don't ever go there. He's the one who sold that building. Oh, really? That's screwing everybody. Is... Yeah, he sold it. He cashed in for millions of dollars. That's why the race is like, F all you guys. I'm making out with money. That's Sarah that's Dillon's assessment. You know what? It's, I'm just, uh, this is just expressing the pain. I'm surprised that place hasn't been, wow. something hasn't happened. I am, I'm livid. He is screwing all of Hawthorne because that guy wanted to get out and make a fast buck. Imagine Don't ever that. go there. Go to Zach's Shack on you Upper know, Hawthorne if you thing. want a hot dog. Don't Tim, ever go there. Tim is a proud slumlord. Is probably firmly on the other side of this issue. Tim would not be a... For putting out local businesses that have been there for years, I would not. I understand that. I the, might not even go. It's a matter. Of, uh, fancy you should say that. I haven't gone up on my rent in three years. Uh, uh, See, Tim is not a slumlord. As I understand it, many of the uh, people happy. I understand many of the rents and leases. Uh, the, the rent has gone up on Hawthorne businesses a lot. But it's, it's like twenty third. Yeah, I know. I know that the, many of the businesses that we like, both well, as advertisers and just as customers. Yeah, I know that they've jacked up the uh, their rent there quite substantially. And it's because on of, of that folks. one business that you should not support. Well, I've never been there, and so I'll just. I'll I continue. went in there once, and actually, the guy who worked there was very rude, and I did not have a. Well, good no, time. It, they were kind of New Yorkish, I guess. Really? Yeah, and the food wasn't good. Yeah. 
I, I went there with a friend who wanted to, to dine in something old and authentic, and it's more of a New York type of sports bar. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like anything... Uh, nothing here that says New York is authentic, first of all. Let's just dispel that fiction right now. Well, this place is authentic because everything is brown from cigarette smoke. You know it's real. <laughs> you know it's real. There's no question. It's a real the, sports uh, bar. Oh, man. Uh, can I just tell you, that's one of the reasons that I really do want to go back to New York at some point, as much as I, I'm not really, you know... I, I, I enjoyed going to England. It's not like it filled me with a desire to travel everywhere. I do I do want to go back to New York at some point because I have to tell you, there is just the – I think I've been to New York four times now, three, four times. Every time I go there, there really is nothing like the actual real 1950s or 60s style New York deli that is still there. If you find a deli in New York that has been there since 60, 65 – and the great thing about it is they just don't change. They're just completely, it's like they were just cast in amber. They were all just preserved, and they're still like that. They Wonderful. just built a brand new New York deli next to my house. Really? It's like, well, you know, it's like, what's it, What's that place on 23rd? Is it um, Cornblatt's? Yeah. You know, Cornblatt's is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Or, you know, the other one that people go to, and there's one of these in Vancouver, so be suspicious of it just for that. There's Rose's Deli. Which is sort of the same thing. Oh, but they just built one up by my house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not bad. The desserts are great. It's just, you know, I think one should dispense with the idea that you were getting, like, the authentic, you know, Brooklyn experience or something by going to a place on Northwest 23rd in Portland. That's just, that's not accurate. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so getting back to politics, Rudy Giuliani, whatever happened to him? Uh, the former New York mayor tells Fox News Sunday that the Sunshine State, that's Florida, is, quote, Critical of his run to the White House, or critical for it, I guess. Certain people were very strong in some, and you had to look for the opportunity where you had the best chance to demonstrate your strength. And it, it turned out that the analysis was that Florida was the best place for us to do it. He says a number of his unselfish staff have decided to go without pay. That was a very generous gesture on the part of that, that, that group of people who wanted to make sure that you know, every last uh, penny was uh, was available uh, for Florida for what follows. It really isn't necessary. The okay. don't get paid. Well, no. Here's the, here's the thing. I, everybody I know is writing Rudy Giuliani off, and they're just uh, you know he's not campaigning, and he wasn't in New Hampshire. I I should ask Lisa about this at some point. I really don't think it matters. I really don't uh, because there is. I think Rudy Giuliani is smarter than people are giving him credit for. I hate to sound like a mouthpiece for Dennis Miller. But I think he is smarter than people think, uh, because I guess all of this would be hurting Giuliani if there was some Republican frontrunner who is growing stronger by the day, but that's not the case. There is no Republican frontrunner. John McCain's not going to be elected to do anything, uh, you know, and, and Romney and Huckabee are just out there beating each other up. There is, no, uh, there is no heir apparent. There is no anointed or appointed nominee for the GOP. And so everybody else is just running out of money by trying to win in Michigan, New Hampshire, places that aren't going to matter. And I will guarantee you this. Uh, you know what? I, I will... If, if we ran a national election tomorrow, I'll guarantee you that Giuliani's numbers have not gone down at all. He would get just as much of the national vote tomorrow as he would have six months ago. Because the average, like, Scotty J in this world, all they see is Giuliani and they hear 9-11 or it's no, implied he was somehow. Thompson. Yeah, but I mean, you know Thompson's got, but he's just so, he's so completely faded from memory. I just think the average American nitwit votes for whoever they've heard the most about. You know what I mean? It's like in anything else. Whatever does the most advertising, that's typically who Americans go for. And I think Giuliani is still the most powerful brand name uh, on the GOP side. Did you know that Chris Christopherson once landed a helicopter on Johnny Cash's lawn to drop off know. a demo tape? Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> That's funny. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of helicopter scenes in A Star is Born. Yeah. Landed a helicopter uninvited on Johnny Cash's lawn to drop off a demo song. Hmm. Took a job as a janitor at Sun Studios because he heard Dylan was recording Nashville Skyline there. Jesus. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, speaking of New York. The city sanitation crews are working around the clock to salt and plow the streets in the five boroughs 
They have a huge snowstorm going on there. We'll have uh, over 3,000 people available at sanitation to go out on over 2,000 pieces of equipment. Uh, they'll probably work a 13-hour shift uh, tonight into tomorrow morning around 8 o'clock. They'll finish up. Yeah, so don't mess with them. Uh, Corvallis High School graduate has won big at the Golden Globes. Brad Bird, a Corvallis High School graduate, directed Ratatouille. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know Brad Bird was from Corvallis. He certainly is. Why does no one ever tell me this, Aaron? I'm you now. I'm looking at you. You are kidding me. He directed Ratatouille, which took home the award for best animated Okay, film. first of all, Ratatouille is a fantastic film. Uh, it, it, of course, which shouldn't surprise anybody because it's from Pixar, and Pixar doesn't make bad movies. He previously made the Academy Award winner, The Incredibles. Okay, and also, anybody? No. The Iron Giant. Oh. Uh, wrote and directed The Iron Giant, one of the best motion pictures, period, animated or not, of the last 20 years. Hands down. Um, boy, wow, he's from Corvallis. I had no idea. Yeah. Good for him. God bless you, Brad Bird. I know it's impossible to ever get an interview with that guy at this point because he's just too huge. Um... People don't really realize how big Brad Bird is. Uh, I, I would say that it is not an exaggeration to call him the most successful American director of the last decade. I mean, I can't think of anybody, unless you unless you count franchises like uh, George Lucas, you know, which is that stuff guaranteed to make money. Unless you count a guy like George Lucas, I can't think of a single director over the last 10 years who has had bigger and more hits than Brad Bird. I mean, I can't, because he's, I mean, he's done essentially, he's, well, he did Finding Nemo, too, didn't he? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, that guy is, I mean, he's got a gold, unstoppable track record at this point. Anyway, good for him. Well done, Brad Bird. Then we have Oscar award-winning screenwriter Roger Avery arrested yesterday on suspicion of manslaughter and DUI after a Ventura County car crash had killed a man and injured his wife. Uh, Avery, who's 42, was the driver of the single car collision shortly after midnight in Ojai. Killed in the accident were Andreas Zini, who was a resident of Italy, who was visiting the couple. Firefighters cut Zini from the car with the jaws of life. He died several hours later at Ventura County Medical Center. Avery's wife, Gretchen, was uh, thrown from the car. She was found in the road by deputy. She's in stable condition. Avery was booked by, but later released on $50,000 bail. Uh, he won the uh, Academy Award along with Quentin Tarantino for writing Pulp Fiction. He was also co-writer for the recent biopic Beowulf. He and his wife live in Ojai. That's a popular artist colony and tourist destination 14 miles north of Ventura. Oh, I thought you were being wacky. I thought you were abbreviating Ohio. I thought you were no, being... it's called Ojai. A-J-A-I. Okay. Ojai. Oh, well, never mind that. I had no idea. Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? I got, uh, I got three things for you. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, is there any kind of, can, can your wife's place of employment take donations for movies? I'm, I suspect that's how they got Deliverance and Deuce Bigelow 2 to begin with. Okay. Because I've got I've got doubles of some actually good ones like like Bullet you know Steve McQueen yeah like that I got I get I get doubles of that because I get DVDs from all sorts of family members they don't know what I have and I don't. uh yeah I'm uh, I'm sure that they would enjoy having those uh, those things donated sir oh how would I do that uh well I mean if you're comfortable with it you can drop them off for me and I'll give them to her so cool because that that story was I mean I laughed my ass I don't believe it's tax deductible but I uh, no. or it might be no, I don't care. I well, Tim, care. hold on a second. Uh, um, I'm gonna. I'll write it down. Hold on. Is it a, a nonprofit organization? Hold on. That's there. Is that tax deductible? Do you suppose? Possibly. All right. Yeah. Uh, so drop them off and uh, whatever. I mean, I'll look. I'll ask her if it's tax deductible. But yeah, they would. They would probably appreciate that. 
right, next thing. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I did go and see The Mist, and I didn't have any issues with any, uh, at the Academy Theater. Where the, the audience was quite respectful. They were excellent. Good for amazing, you. Good experience. Amazing movie, but damn, what a punch in the gut. At the oh, end. no, it's a ball oh, punch. Man. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And uh, last thing, Chris Chris Robinson's in one of my favorite movies. Uh, you ever seen Lone Star? He plays an awesome bad guy. Lone Star, and let's not also forget that he was in, he was in the terrible Sam Peckinpah film Convoy, based on the C.W. McCall song of the same name. I haven't seen that one. I'll yeah, it's a terrible it film. Watch it. It's awful. stars a woman who looks just like C. Thomas Howell in Soul Man. Oh, dear. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Bye now. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, the uh, Writers Guild of America strike could prove kryptonite for the Man of Steel. With the work stoppage playing havoc with studio slates, Warner's planned sequel to Brian Singer's Superman Returns oh, could be locked up in the Fortress of Solitude for quite some time. Really? No screenwriters are on board. Returns writers Michael Doherty and Dan Harris opted out of the uh, the the uh, Superman Man of Steel movie, and the strike arrived just as the other writers were getting ready to pitch ideas. Well, let's be honest. They had screenwriters for the last Superman film, and it didn't stop it from being a complete and co colossal load. So, Warners has moved the release date from 2009 to 2010. Uh, you know, Superman Returns was the worst film. It, Superman Returns was... Did you see it? It was horrible. It was awful. I didn't want to say so, but it no, was No, that's the thing is you don't want to say the so. The ending ever. You don't want to say... Superman is bad. American. Yeah, exactly. Because it, because he's you know he's he's the man of steel, man of tomorrow. Son, of, you know, the last son of Krypton. Was that ever released on video? I never heard anybody speak no, about no, it. You again. know what? And the, the thing is, people walked out of the theater. What you could see them working to like it. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like when a band releases a bad record, but it's a band you really like, and you go, well, I. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't like it at first, but, you know, like, the more you listen to it, the more you think about it, I mean, it, it rewards repeated listens, it, it, you know, whatever, which is the same crap people say. It's challenging, but once you really can embrace it, you know, you'll find that it's pretty good. That's what people say when a record is bad, that it's challenging, but rewards repeated listens. Mm -hmm. That means you can brainwash yourself into liking it if you listen to it over and over. You can convince yourself you haven't wasted $14. The thing about Superman Returns... No amount of brainwashing will make that movie good. And I'm sorry, I apologize to the geeks out there, but it's just, it's it's bad. Mm -hmm. And speaking of being un-American, what a slap in the face it was to have, uh, what's his name, um, Frank Langella as, what's his name, Perry White. Good. Does he still stand for truth, justice, all that stuff? I mean, what a what a lily-livered, just a soft soap PC line that is. Does Superman stand for truth, justice, and all that stuff? Superman does not stand for all that stuff. Superman stands for truth, justice, and the American way. That is what Superman stands for. Uh, stands for. He is a fictitious character. Everybody should just get over it and just say the line the way it was written. That was that was the worst part of that entire film to me. Mm -hmm. Just truth, justice, and all that stuff. You know what that was like? That's like on Star Trek: The Next Generation when they changed the opening to "To boldly go where no one, one has, has gone, gone before." I understand you want to be inclusive, but I think we all can recognize that no man, that man is an inclusive term. It's just humankind. That's all. It's just, it is short for human. Human. Uh, so Superman Returns was a huge load, uh, especially because at the end, it, Superman turns out to be some weird deadbeat dad who stalks his ex-girlfriend. It's the worst film. And, and, and by the way, anybody who says this, and I realize I'm bitching about a film that no one cares about, but Superman Returns, all of the good mo moments in Superman Returns were only good because they reminded you of Richard Donner's Superman. Hey, look, it's the same font. Hey, listen, it's the same score. Hey, look, that guy looks just like Christopher Reeve. I mean, that's the only the only good things in that movie were the things that were put there to pander to our memories of the earlier film. So, F that. Yeah. Yeah. All so, uh, Brian Singer is looking for another directing gig. 
Since the mayor of Castro Street is also up in the air due to the strike, and, uh, and milk is going forward with Gus Van Zandt and Sean Penn. Uh, Gurning for a potential threat from Apple, the online DVD rental service Netflix is lifting its limits on how long most subscribers, most subscribers, can watch movies and television shows over high-speed internet connections. Is anybody doing that? I will. Uh, the AP has learned the change will be effective today on the eve of Apple's widely anticipated move into the movie rental industry. Although Apple hasn't confirmed anything yet, Chief Executive Steve Jobs is expected to make it official during a presentation tomorrow in San Francisco. Wait, now, is this the Netflix, is this to your computer, or will they, can they stream it to your TiVo? Because I heard that Netflix was going to start streaming things to your TiVo. Let's see here. Um, uh, for instance, under a popular plan that charges $60.99 a month, you can rent up to three DVDs at a time. Uh, Netflix customers can watch as many as 17 hours of entertainment each month on the streaming service. It's called Watch Instantly. I think it'll stream to your TiVo, though, if you've got that, which would be nice. I, you know, I don't like to sit and watch crap on my computer. It's so, kind of a pain. With today's change, virtually all Netflix subscribers will be able to stream as many movies or TV shows as they want. From a library containing more than 6,000 titles, there will be no additional charge for the unlimited access. Excellent. Uh, let's see here. Removing time constraints on its uh, streamed entertainment could give Netflix an advantage over Apple's movie rental service. Apple is charging three ninety nine for movies that can be downloaded and played for up to twenty four hours. It is interesting though. What is that? Is is that company that rents you crap at McDonald's the same company that has those video rental kiosks at supermarkets? Oh, the ones that are at Albertsons? Yeah, and Safeway too. Yeah, they're only like a buck. I'm not sure if it's the same one, but I there's never so... anything I want to see. And there's never anything I want to see, yeah, but boy, I wish there was. Mm -hmm. Because I would totally use that service. Because I live just, you know, like a block from there. Uh, and on one of the many occasions when my car has been stolen, I end up walking there anyway. So you walk in, and there's a little thing. You put in like a buck, and it spits out a movie, and you go and you drive. I'm surprised no one had that idea before. Yeah. You drive. It's like a stamp machine, but, you know, if it spits out DVDs. Yeah, you're right. There's never anything I want to see there. No. Oh, hey, well, let me ask you this, by the way, Tim. Yeah. Speaking of supermarkets, so I was at uh, Fred Meyer's uh, over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Have you know when did they make this change? Have you noticed this, that at Fred Meyer, it, it, the express lanes, do you know what the express lanes say? What is the express? What, 15 items or less? Okay. They usually say 15 items or less, and then sometimes, it, like at some safe ways, there's actually another one that says nine items or less. Oh, you know, and then there's one, you know, whatever. Uh, so depending on how many things you have... They changed it at Fred Meyer. I don't know when this happened. The express aisle at Fred Meyer now says, I wrote this down, about 12 items. About 12 items? About 12 items. They all say that now. That's strange. So my question is, why did that, like, was there some sort of a beatdown at some point? Like, did some guy have 16 items in the 15 I item aisle? And he has 16 items! Wah! You know, and then suddenly it was just like a karate chop. I don't know. My other favorite one there is uh, the family-friendly one. There's a sign hanging over one lane where the cashier say family-friendly. Should they have a crucifix hanging down over that? Or just what does that mean? I think I know what that means. I think that means there is no candy in that aisle. Oh, or girly magazines? <laughs> there is no. There are no loot. Wait, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that there's no tabloids. Oh, that could be. I thought it was code for no candy. Because some supermarkets, such bastards, have that, have that aisle... That actually has a sign over it that says, no candy. There's candy hmm. everywhere, though. But but the theory is that if you're waiting in line to check out with your, your kids, you're not you're going to be spared the incessant jabbering of your children about buy me a Mars bar. Uh, and so there's this sign that says, aisle five, no candy this aisle. That means you can stand there and your kids aren't going to have anything to lust after but D-cell batteries. Some well, kids throw, throw a temper tantrum at seeing that sign, though? But see, that, but see that's what I'm saying. Maybe kids, maybe kids got wise. Maybe the jig was up. Maybe kids got wise to the no candy sign, and so now they are speaking in code to the parents. Family friendly, no candy. And so that's it, so that the kids don't pitch a fit. 
That's not going to work well. No, it's not. Uh, news from the record industry. EMI Group says as of tomorrow, it's cutting 2,000 jobs. That's one-third of its 6,000 employees. And released numerous artists from its roster. Another round of uh, drastic slashing is underway. Uh, apparently, the Wall Street Journal and the Sunday Telegraph report the restructuring will be announced tomorrow, all you people. Uh, let's see. And the new company that bought EMI is called Terra Firma, and it's headed by someone named Guy Hands. Guy Hands? Guy really? Hands. Most of the job you know comes need. from EMI's recorded music di- division, headed by Guy Hands. This company's in dire need of some Guy Hands. Oh. I, it would have been funnier if I could say it like as the chairman. I need Guy Hands. Get me Guy Hands now. Only Guy Hands can solve this for me. <laughs> Only Guy Hands can take care of me and give me what I need. Well, Guy Hands is the head of the <laughs> We, wait, hold on. We. You've almost got it. It's only Monday. Maybe we should save this for tomorrow. KCMD Portland. Uh, Guy Hands, head. No, I got nothing. All right, just come around. Oh. Is there breaking news? What? 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 Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me get the breaking hey, news sounder. Hold on a second. Wait, just one second. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hold on, just oh, one. Oh, oh don't do it. Hold on. I'll just take a second. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I just, got, I just got an alert from Shaman. Okay, let's see. Breaking news from Tim Riley. Oh, there it is. Brittany on the move. Brittany Spears has just left her home and may be heading to the courthouse. It's around a 20-minute drive without traffic. And we can see a bunch of people behind some yellow tape, about a dozen reporters, and someone wearing a police sweater. Now, you know, the, the great thing about it is the sheriff's department... supposed to be there at like 9 a.m.? Yeah, yes. but it is Britney Spears. The sheriff's department has already uh, had it with her, and they've said that they won't help her get into the courtroom or out of the courtroom. Mm-hmm. They already washed her hand over. They're like, F it. You have to wade through the paparazzi yourself. We're not clearing away anymore. Well, there are only two cops here that I'm looking at. I wonder if there's... But see, the press is going to be outside, and the yeah, cops right said they there. won't help her. They're right there. Uh, there's a yellow tape, and there are about uh, 12 members of the press there, oh, at least from more. this camera shot. One of the news bands is there. Okay. So, Britney Spears has just left her home and may be heading to the courthouse. I with... hope she goes somewhere else. I hope she just goes to, like... Like Carl Jr.? <laughs> I was just going to say, I hope she just goes to a Wendy's. Hi, y'all. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so satisfying if she just drives off in like a completely different direction and goes somewhere else. Seriously, th- th- who can get away with making the court wait two and a half hours? Don't you want to see her put in jail and beaten just for that? What if they're just going to surprise us all and just like shackle her as soon as she gets there? Well, to Guantanamo Bay. No, in the way uh, honestly. Contempt of the court or whatever. I saw. Contempt of court. There was a there was a story this morning about a woman who was held. Get this, who was held in contempt of court. She's a cancer survivor and was wearing a hat. And the judge said, hey, uh, no hats in the courtroom. And she's like, I have cancer. And so she's undergoing chemo, has no hair. Very embarrassing for a woman. She has no hair. She's wearing a small little hat in the courtroom because she has no hair. And the judge is like, you got to take off your hat. And she's like, I'm bald from chemo. And the judge is like, take the hat off or I'll throw you in jail. So how is it? And there was another, last week, a lawyer got hit with contempt because the judge says ties for all lawyers. And instead he's wearing an ascot because he's British. And he's like, it's a tie. And the judge, not an American tie. Contempt of court. <laughs> How is it that Britney Spears can just not show up for three hours and they don't just stick her in the hooskow? Oh, God. Please let them put please, her in jail. Please, please, please. please. Sarah was saying this morning she's burnt out on this, but how much do you want to see her put in jail? Oh, absolutely. Right next to OJ. Yeah, hard right. labor. Seriously. Here's uh, Tim Riley.
Cancer patients may soon want to chug down a beer to fight the disease. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, researchers have found a, sus- a substance in hops that fights cancer. They're trying to create a special brew, an anti-cancer beer for cancer patients. An anti-cancer beer? Uh-huh. Uh, tests show the substance stops the family of enzymes that can trigger cancer processes. Fantastic. The substance contains more antitoxins than vitamin E and can reduce oxidation of bad cholesterol. So you can live long enough to die of uh, cirrhosis. Uh, hops can be used in herbal medicines as muscle relaxers and can prevent hot flashes in menopause. I like how that's somehow news, that hops can be used to relax your muscles. <laughs> so much so that you, in fact, fall over into a wall at your friend's mm-hmm. party. Okay, we're watching live. Uh, actually, I'm watching TMZ's live. There's a police car following a... Oh, there it is. Oh, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh wait, hold on. Oh, 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 oh. A black SUV has just pulled into the parking lot, followed by a police car. Just one police car. Everybody's turning their head around and looking. We don't know who that was. It looks like they might have some dummy SUVs, because she's just in a generic black SUV. Mm-hmm. Is this like the president, where there's a caravan of identical-looking cars? So you exactly. Don't know, you don't know which one to attack if you're, if you're some hoodlum? Take off the bubble top or Brittany. Yeah. Okay, so apparently that wasn't her because everybody is still watching the roadway. This is like that day that Michael Jackson was late. And everybody was watching every single car that came by wondering if it was him or not. So apparently there's very little traffic at the moment and everybody is still staring out onto the street outside this L.A. courthouse. And so this is, uh, what where is this courthouse? What courthouse is this? Somewhere in L.A. <laughs> yes, it's generic. The courthouse. The L.A. courthouse. And so we don't, uh, so we we think, so she, when did she leave? Well, she wouldn't be there now, though, if she just left her house. There's no way. No, it would have been too soon. Well, she left at 59, too and soon. it's 09 right now, and they said it takes 20 minutes. So. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, so maybe like 1.30 or so we would expect her to be there? Mm-hmm. 1.20. Okay, here comes another motorcycle. No, that isn't it. An RTV bus is coming down here, the police car. Someone is riding by on a bicycle. <laughs> another bicycle is walking by. Oh, the police are starting to block it up. There's one parked in the middle of the... He's trying to turn. Ah. He's just trying to turn. I don't know where my uh, my loop feature is here on, on this. Uh... So Brittany has uh, yet to show her face. Now there are four police officers. Yeah, the sheriff's department talks big, but now they're all slowly starting to trickle in. Yep. I wish I could find how to... Uh... I have to hit play on this every 15 seconds. I can't figure out how to loop it. All right, so we don't know uh, the deal yet. No. All Apparently right. she has left her home. So Britney Spears is... But we don't know where she's going. She's all on the move. Now, does anybody... Now, would they, would they be tracking her? It's L.A. Wouldn't they be tracking her with a helicopter? Yes. Well, not TMZ. They don't have that much in their budget. I'm, you know, it surprises me that they don't, actually, because TMZ is owned by AOL, mm-hmm. who I think at one point at least had money. Does it surprise you when you uh, still see somebody who has an AOL account, especially yeah. their celebrity? Mm-hmm. I think Henry Rollins had an AOL account. I think when he emailed my wife back, it was from an AOL It made uh, you a little address. disappointed, didn't it? It's sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when I found out Michael Moore had an AOL account. It doesn't actually, really make any sense. Like, why would you pay for the Internet? To be fair, I emailed Michael Moore, and I said, hey, what's up with you having... I actually did this. What's up with you having an AOL account? And Michael Moore's justification was, he's like, when I printed my first book, like, I had an AOL account because it came free in the mail, and now I can't change it because the book's in print forever. You know, signed MM. And I went, ah, all right, that actually made kind of sense. So, this looks like the courthouse in downtown L.A. Now, that's not the O.J. courthouse, is it? No, I don't think so. Six motorcycle cops just pulled up. A lady is walking by with a shopping bag. <laughs> <laughs> is Mary Tyler Moore throwing her hat into the air? Wonderful. 
I'm sorry, this is probably pointless. We're just sitting here watching the people watch the road waiting for Britney Spears, who may or may not even show up. Mm-hmm. Every black SUV that comes in, they zoom in. Seriously. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Uh, I, not to beat it to death, but you were talking about Chris Christopherson. Yes, we were. Yes, you were. Uh, I wanted to tell you, uh, like a few months ago, I was watching a, a country music award show. Uh-huh. And they had uh, Roseanne Cash, because uh, he used to hang out with Johnny Cash, good friends with him. Yeah. Wrote a couple songs for him, sang on stage with him. Anyway, she was going on and on about all his, accompli- all his accomplishments and stuff in his life. And, uh, man, he got up there, and he started... Telling a couple old stories with Johnny Cash and stuff and started shedding a tear. I swear to God, I started crying like a baby. Oh, no. You know, because Chris Christopherson is like one of he's one of those guys, though, that is such a man's man. Like, can yeah. you easily picture him in, like, a flannel shirt, like, hacking down a tree with an axe? Well, exactly. And I thought, well, if it's okay for him to shed a tear, if, too, if, it's okay yeah, for me. If Chris Christopherson can, try, can cry, who among us will remain dry-eyed? Exactly. He wrote Sunday Morning Coming Down, which is one of Johnny Cash's biggest and most well-known songs. And then he was, people forget this, too, he was also remember the Highwaymen, which was a super group of Waylon Jennings... Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, and Willie Nelson. Uh, yeah. And they had a great album of songs together. So there's an al- a compilation actually also called uh, Willie Whalen, Chris, and Cash that he's on, which is actually actually really, really exceptional. Yeah, Chris Christopherson really is the gold standard, sir. Excellent. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye now. All right. Where, where are we with Brittany? Okay, I'm looking at two views. One in the front of the courthouse, one where the press is. Okay, we're looking at a different view. A crowd is starting to form outside. And everyone is just staring into space. While we're staring into space, I have a question. Yes. This music here mm-hmm. that I'm playing. Yes. That is the CBS Bulletin Alert from what? 1963. What musical instrument is this? That's a good question. I don't know. I was just thinking about this right now. Maybe some electronic gadgetry. Not in 1963, though. That would have been before the age of synthesizers. That's true. I'm not sure what made that. I mean, really, honestly, what the hell is that noise? Craig Adams would know. I know that, as you said, it, this is the CBS News. Is this like, was this their television their uh, television network news? Radio. So was this their breaking news theme, or was this uh-huh. just their typical? Bulletin. All right, so this is the CBS bulletin noise. Now it's going to obsess me. Now I'm going to be bugged about what musical instrument is making this sound. I think I can hear some brass in the background. That dun-dun, dun-dun. But I mean, it's not a keyboard, though, because they, that was because this is 40 years ago, 45 years ago. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have had a, a regular like a keyboard as we know it. All they had was like that Moog synthesizer, and that's not this. It's like Maybe this it's sped up or, or something. Let me ask you this: yeah. Do you ever do this? Do you ever listen to old Hanna-Barbera sound effects and wonder what the hell they really are? Mm-hmm. Here's the th- here's the Hanna-Barbera sound effect that I wonder about, Tim. I wonder about. Okay, everybody knows the Hanna-Barbera running away. When a character runs away on a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, it is a combination of two sounds. It is the of them running in place, and then pow, as they actually run off screen. So my thing is, the running in place is sort of a, you know, it's, sort of, it's, like, a hollow, it's like a hollow bongo sound almost. Mm-hmm. That is clearly just like a very high-pitched drum that they're using. My thing is, when they actually go pow and they vanish, is that a bullet Oh, I'm not sure. It would almost have to be a bullet. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I had the sound here so everybody would know what I'm talking about. Not that it would make people care about it anymore, probably. Jim Rupel will know what I'm talking about. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Las Vegas, Nevada. 
CNN radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. How are you? I am fantastic. How's life in Sin City today? It's... <laughs> of course it does. Now... I was just saying that actually it was a no-win situation for you because O.J. got you stuck in Vegas, but on the other hand, you'd be back in L.A. doing the tedious Golden Globes coverage and talking about Britney Spears. Yeah, I guess, you know, half dozen, one-sixth of an hour. Yeah, I mean, there really is no good. This is like a lady I'd in the tiger kind of a thing. Home. At yeah. least I'd be at home. I, I guess be here. I guess that's true. Are they? Are you just uh, there for the day or they put you up in a hotel? No, I, I'm here till the trial on Wednesday or till the hearing on Wednesday. Uh, all right. Do you at least get to drink on the company tab or do you have to pay that out of pocket? Oh, that's out of the pocket. Oh, that sucks. All right, well. I'm, I'm allowed to exist only by breathing air on the company dole. <laughs> Anything of sustenance, I have to uh, pay for myself. This sounds so familiar. <laughs> it's almost as like you're reading my innermost thoughts. Only because the paperwork is too extravagant. I hate to do the paperwork. Oh, no, that's no. You want a sandwich, that's a three-page document. Oh, dude, it, it's, like, it's almost like you work for CBS, I will tell you. <laughs> and I did it, it one time. I have, uh, and I don't know if it was the same when you worked here, probably, because I know CBS has had a reputation, I mean, for decades, for being an incredibly bureaucratic company. I mean, the, the paperwork reputation this company has has, has just existed for years. Yeah, but i got to tell you, the greatest... The greatest time of my life was working at KNX. Mm. I'm not going to complain about Oh, no, no, no. And I'm not complaining about working at CBS either. I will say, no, exa and I don't know if I speak for everybody, but I think I do. This is actually, this right here, this is the best company I've worked for. Yes, uh, I think so, too. I mean, hands down. CBS, oh, yeah. Yes, CBS is the best place I have ever worked, and I'm not just saying that because they pay me right now. Uh, CBS, this is the best company I have ever been employed for. They live up to that, everything that's in our contract. That is true, yes. Tim just said that they, they gave us, you know, they honor everything in the contract. They've lived up to their promises. They've given us everything. Thing they said they would, uh, which is more than I can say for almost every company I've worked for. Uh, but 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 I will say that they do love paperwork. I have like a little uh, you know like a, a American Express card or whatever that you know for like station expenses that they give me. And I have to tell you, it I it really maybe this is the, maybe this is their the desired effect. I know I not only think twice, I think fourteen times before buying anything on my corporate Amex card because the paperwork that you have to do once you make a purchase on it to get it recouped is just immense, it's staggering. So, all right, um, OJ. Yeah. So where is he in jail now? He's here in Clark County. He's oh. at the detention center. So why was five by seven cell? Why did I think he was in jail in Florida? No, the bail bondsman went to Florida to go get him. It's a pretty funny story. He. He flew to Miami, called Simpson at his house, and said, hey, I'm in town. Simpson said, hey, come on over. You can stay in my place. You don't need to stay in a hotel. Huh. guy gets there and says, hey, O.J., let's take a drive. He gets in, the, in, in Pereira's car. Miguel Pereira is the bail bondsman. And Pereira said he, he asked O.J., hey, do you have your ID? And, and Simpson said, well, yeah, I got my ID. Why do I need that? You taking me to jail? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> Owned. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> Great story. I love that one. And so O.J. is sitting there, as you said, in a 5 by 7 cell. Toilet, bunk, sink, small window, three three squares a day. I can't really remember, but I do seem to recall that during the criminal trial, he was in jail for that whole trial, wasn't he? Uh, yes. Because he was a flight risk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, well, so it's like going home again. There you are. Uh, anyway, so, uh, the, so the hearing is on Wednesday, and the hearing is... To determine what if he if he gets out on bail or if Whether he's there until the trial. Whether they his bail completely or not. Well, which they almost have to at this point. I would think so. If if this audio tape exists of this phone message, now here, here's a guy who obviously, well, we know how dumb he is, but he has no filter between his brain and his mouth. No. This is just days after the judge said, "Look, you can't contact anybody in any way, by any means. If someone you, from this trial, 
this case is walking on the same side of the side of the street. You have to cross the street. Yeah. You can't even use carrier pigeon to talk to people. He cannot talk to any of his uh, co-defendants. And so what he did was he left a message on this bail bondsman's phone machine saying, tell Clarence Stewart, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It left a message. And it was a lot of like... Mother effers, this. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you've seen the. the oh, yeah. I see the right? transcript. It was relentlessly profane. Yeah. So if that does exist, if we if we get to hear any part of that on Wednesday, I can't possibly see why a judge wouldn't say, dude, don't unpack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and this is like, this is an audio tape on the heels of this audio tape of the robbery that yeah, has already got him in trouble. This is just days after, <laughs> just like a day and a half. After the judge says, you understand that, don't you? Yes, sir. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, he really does, as somebody said this morning, he really does just think he's bulletproof. And that's largely because we have allowed to think, allowed him to think that. Uh, because he continues to walk around, uh, usually anyway, a free man. Um, but he must just think that he is impervious at this point. I just think he's stupid. I, I honestly believe he's just playing dumb. I think O.J. and Brittany suffer from the same thing, though, which is like idiocy coupled with j never being how to, held accountable for anything. Hey, did she make it to her court appearance? I don't know. Let's, hold, on, uh, hang on. hold on. Let's ask Tim Riley. <laughs> that was Brittany just seen in a black Escalade. She was in the passenger seat, and they were driving around the courthouse. She's driving around and around and around as we speak. So once again, she has arrived, but they're still driving around. She has not gotten out of the blank Escalade. Now, here's a dumb question. Is this because they can't find parking, Probably. or are they trying to find a back way in? Or maybe a cheaper parking lot? <laughs> exactly. Trying to find budget, the economy, long-term parking. Let's find a meter with money already in it. <laughs> Uh, um, the sheriff's department, I guess, said that they have just had it with her and that they have said that if she shows up today, which apparently she has, they're not going to help her get into or out of the courtroom. They're like, you're on your own, sister. Good for them. Yeah, seriously. F I mean, I was just saying not to replay re my whole rant from earlier, but I mean, there was a judge this morning that threatened a woman with contempt because she was a leukemia victim and she wanted to wear a hat in the courtroom. And the judge was like, take the hat off or I'll throw you in jail. And yet Brittany shows up three hours late to court. And I'll be, I mean, if they, if they don't reprimand her or do something to her, I really am just going to wash my hands of the whole thing. I hear you. Uh, all right. Uh, so what is your day? You just kind of cool in your heels? Oh, well, uh, no. I, I, I've, I've done some, I'm having up since two. I mean, I'm not trying to imply you're not working, but I'm saying in terms of the case going forward. Uh, well, you're... Apparently the, the network thinks, oh, my gosh, he's, it's only 1.30. Let's make him do something else. Who cares that he's been up since 2 a.m.? Let's make him go do stuff on the Nevada caucus. That's where I have to go now. Lucky you. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. Throw one back for a Throw back a white Russian or two for us later. <laughs> Bet to put, put five on 23 for us. Thanks, I'll do that. All right, brother. Well, we'll check in with you soon. Get through it as best you can, my friend. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Jim Rube, ladies and gentlemen. So Brittany is still circling the courthouse. She was uncooperative with the sheriff, so they're not helping her find a parking space. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, it's Kyle. Um, got, got two comments. Uh, Redbox. You can go to redbox.com, the, the movie rental vending machine. Uh-huh. You can type in what movie, and it'll tell you what locations they're at. Yeah, but it's just going to be a bunch of, like, Rush Hour 3 crap, isn't it? No, you can type in what movie you want, and it'll tell you what box you can find that at. I guess what I'm saying, though, is uh, the the inventory is probably not limitless. The inventory probably is just a certain... In other words, there's a set number of films they could stock, and I'm guessing that anything I'd really be interested in, they're not going to have. Is it redbox.com? Yeah. Go on there right now. 
But I was amazed on how many uh, movies they actually can fit in that machine. I think they have over 100 in each machine. All right, hold on. Tim, give me a movie that you might be interested in renting. Any movie? Yeah. We'll see if this red light. You try to make it relatively current. Relatively current. We'll look. We'll see if, uh, uh, let's see, red box titles. Hey, while you're doing that, Rick, hey, um, have you seen I Am Legend? Yes. Uh, did you see that billboard near the beginning, that Batman Superman? Batman movie? Superman, how cool. And there's also a Green Lantern, uh, a piece of Green Lantern advertising in there. Did we'll I put see in the, the Superman date right of February 2010? What's that? February 2010. Did yeah. I see that date right? Yeah, uh, I don't know, actually. You'd have to ask Aaron about that. I saw the poster, but I've only seen the movie once, so I didn't catch the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, holy crap, that's an awesome movie if it comes out. It does look, uh, yeah, it does look like they're at least laying the groundwork for that, sir. All right. Cool. Th thank you, my friend. Hey, right. thank you, Rick. Thank you. There doesn't appear to be a search function here, so never mind. If this is this is this is how you know that Redbox, uh, their inventory is rather limited. You can't search for a title. All you can do is browse titles. Mm -hmm. You can't actually search for anything. So, all right. So we understand that Brittany still hasn't found a place to park yet. Uh -huh. What? You'd think at some point they would just you know drop her off. Yeah. I mean, she's circling the courthouse. It says you get out here, I'll find a space. That's the universally understood thing. Well, that's she probably can't how it's done. She'll just be mobbed because nobody's going to protect her. I would like to think that's the case. Maybe they will. Uh, maybe they will uh, cast lots for her clothing afterward. That'll be satisfying. So this is. So we are waiting on Brittany to uh, to get out of the uh, whatever to get out of the, the the black Escalator. Boy, do you automatically hate people in Escalades? You see somebody in front of you in an Escalade. You just kind of automatically, I don't know if it's like a mixture of jealousy and whatever. I don't know. You see that, you kind of go, uh, uh, all right. So, are we, do we have to break here? Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. I guess it's unfortunate, except that it's to have some paid commercial advertisements from many of our fine sponsors. And maybe by the time we get back, Brittany will be um, in the process of being mauled by all the reporters. Oh, we can only hope. Say a prayer now to the deity of your choice. Uh, back after this, more of Tim Riley, more Brittany, Richie Bristol, uh, Jackass 2.5, all that. You said it's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Time for Britney Watch. Oh, no. Sorry. We'll just go right here. Here's your Britney Watch for Monday. I do want to th congratulate the Nicola K guys. Uh, so I got a, a text message from Joni DeRoshi this weekend. Her daughter was out doing cosmic bowling, and apparently this was playing relentlessly on the uh, the bowling alley sound system. Oh, that is good. So at some bowling alley somewhere, they've got a lot of Nicola Arcade fans employed. Here's Tim Riley. So Britney Spears has slithered inside the courthouse <laughs> after circling the block several times. She'll probably testify later today. So far, only one of the six or seven witnesses has testified. 
And TMZ reports it now looks like the hearing will go until sometime tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. That's what it says. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see here. Trying to keep uh, Sean Preston and Jaden James in her custody led to the standoff with Brittany. And it appears now that the drama was all for naught. Brittany's sons have stayed with their father, Kevin Federline, since the incident. A page six has exclusively learned neither boy has been asking for or about Brittany since that <laughs> fateful night. The boys are doing fantastic. No one wants to know where Mommy went. They haven't asked for Mommy even once since uh, uh, Kevin has taken the back full time. Well, especially because Mommy apparently just locks you in a bathroom and goes mental. And although Kevin isn't uh, giving up on Brittany, he is pulling the uh, well... He's uh, putting the well-being of his sons first, despite Brittany routinely calling Kevin to speak to the sons. He will not let her right now. Adding, uh, he won't let her reach out until the boys have time to get over what happened that, on that fateful night. But seeing as Brittany and Kevin are due in court today to find out their visitation rights will be reinstated, he may not have uh, much longer to wait. As Page Six previously reported, Commissioner Gordon may reinstate the Pop Rex visitation on a very limited basis. Yeah, but, but I can't fathom that they would give her back even partial visitation mm -hmm. because i mean i guess this is what the hearing is about right that yeah. these cops are going to come in and tell about how she was crazy and the people from cedar sinai are going to come in and talk about how nuts she went and i mean nobody is going to want to be the person whose ass is on the line if she goes crazy and drowns her children mm -hmm. uh, which is you know not like inconceivable that is such at this a valid point. point yeah no one is going to be the guy no one is going to risk their career being the guy who got britney's kids killed i mean that's just not going to happen so uh, I can't. I will be astounded if they give her back visitation under any circumstances for any length of time. Uh, Jamie Lynn Spears' camp is denying reports that the young star was dumped by her boyfriend. Us Weekly reports fellow tabloid in Touch Weekly recently ran a cover story saying that Casey Aldrich broke up with his pregnant 16-year-old girlfriend. The article also claimed that Aldrich uh, questioned whether he's really the father of Jamie Lynn's unborn child. Spears' rep calls the in Touch quote, uh, story completely false. It's just like when they called the Inquirer story about her pregnancy completely false. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's our Brittany watch up for the moment. Once again, she is inside oh, the courthouse. Let me just uh, let me just, let me end it though the, just with this here. The uh... there you go. Fantastic. Tim Riley of the Ministry of Proof. Christina Aguilera has given birth to a boy. The official message says, Christina Aguilera and Jordan Bratman are proud to announce the birth of their son, Max Lyron Bratman. He is a beautiful, healthy baby boy. The baby was born Saturday night, weighs 6 pounds, 2 ounces. Uh, the singer, who is 27, is resting and doing well. I couldn't do a message on her website. It is a joyful and special day for Jordan and I, says she. Uh, just as a side note, uh, while I was standing in line at the Safeway, oh, and I... and. The, the checkout at Safeway the other day took longer than normal because there was a homeless guy. More evidence that my neighborhood is everything you think it is and more. There was a homeless guy going crazy in one of the aisles. Uh, it just He had wandered in. He'd gone in with some other homeless friend of his. Uh, and they were, so there was homeless guy one and homeless guy two. Homeless guy one was just smelly and was there to do something or other. And then he left. Homeless guy two remained, though, and was drunk and loud and... And he was one of those guys, I guess when you're homeless, you just don't have, you have nothing to lose. 
And so, you know, you know, why not just exercise what little bit of power you have? And the little bit of power you have is just to irritate people and just to make a scene. Because what are they going to do to you? And you got to figure if you're surrounded by people, you know, who have everything you don't have, you might as well punish them a little bit just by being an ass. Just like, have you ever noticed this when you're driving through downtown Portland especially? You'll get these homeless guys and gutter punks who will just walk in front of your car. Like you have the green light and they just cross right in front of you. Because I guess they figure that's the only power they can really exercise against the man. And so they're just going to walk in front of me. And I have to tell you, it's always so tempting not to really run them down. But, I mean, I do I do wish that my car had, I don't know, more a more predictable braking system. Because what would really be satisfying the next time a homeless uh, kid walked in front of my car is not to, like, plow him over, but to be able to slow down just enough that I didn't injure him, but just keep going enough that I pushed him down. You know what I mean? Just enough to sort of herd him out of the I way. I think you can push him down without hurting him. Well, that's what I'm saying, but I wish I had, or like one of those cow catchers they put on the front of a train, so that when I would hit him, it would just toss him harmlessly to the side. That would be really satisfying, because the homeless, because those gutter punks always expect you to stop. That's the thing. They walk in front of your car, and they're like, he'll stop. How great would it be if you just didn't stop once? Boy, that would wipe that idiot smile right off that bastard's face. He'll stop. Bam! Ah. Uh, anyway, so there I am at Safeway. Homeless guy making a huge scene and just, you know, just screaming a bunch of nonsense. And so I was sort of lingering and hanging out just to see how that would, would play itself out. But I had time to study all of the tabloid headlines. And the great thing is the front of every tabloid was Britney. She was on the cover of Star, uh, Inquirer, uh, uh, the, the, the In Touch, Us Weekly, uh, the Globe. All of them were Britney. And the weird thing is you look at them and you can tell what kind of magazine it is by the picture they chose. Because the Inquirer and all the other ones, they were just no airbrushing at all. I mean, it's just spots and pimples and blotchy and sweaty and stringy and blah. I urge you, though, next time you're at a plaid pantry or Safeway or something, look, <coughs> pardon me, look at the cover of this week's People magazine. The cover of this week's People magazine, she looks flawless. I mean, they have just airbrushed every single perfection or imperfection off of her. I mean, she just looks stunning again. And it's interesting that People Magazine just, just seems out of touch and like it's from a different era. I mean, th th they would be bothering to airbrush Britney Spears at this point with a photo that, that, that fools like no one at all, ever. So, uh, I had some other thing to say, but that's it. Here's Tim Riley. Another bicyclist has been hurt and injured. This happened uh, at some point this afternoon East Burnside and Martin Luther King Drive. According to eyewitnesses, the car was trying to turn left off of East Burnside when it hit the female cyclist. Ugh. She was apparently on the sidewalk before entering the street from behind a bus. That all the, this scenario just sounds dangerous. The cyclist still was not seriously hurt. Well, we're all concerned about uh, good foot health, aren't we? Uh, Dr. Gordon Weller says uh, young people need to make smart choices when it comes to buying footwear because, uh, this is especially for the ladies now, uh, wearing high heels or ill-fitting shoes can cause permanent foot damage. My pot's down, I think. Permanent foot damage. Younger people, they haven't worn these improper shoes long enough to develop the problems uh, seriously. If they could see what happens later in life, they might change their mind. What? Really? Yes. We're all concerned about That's this. That's that guy's job. Uh, what happens later in life, Tim? Well, Dr. Weller says a pointy shoe well. can cause... More damage because they strangle your feet. If they try to be sensible and wear a shoe with a wide, deep toe box that allows plenty toe of room box. for the toes, really? then they'll probably do better than someone that regularly wears a high heel shoe with a pointed toe. Please make a note of that. But I, I don't understand, though. He hasn't still really explicated what happens to your foot. Well, that's tomorrow. But, I mean, this really, is the, this is the first spot, uh, the first installment of we're on your side. I mean, how bad can a foot problem be? 
Well, if you don't take care of your feet, it, it can be very serious. But, I mean, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying, what is the nature of the foot ailment that then happens? Blisters, bunions, and hammer toes. Hammer toes, really? What is a hammer toe? I don't know. Oh, i got to see a picture of that. It's like clubfoot. It's one of those things you don't really know what it is. I don't know what clubfoot is to this day. What is clubfoot? I don't know. I've always wondered that. Here's a little. I think it's a little stumpy foot. Here's a list of things uh, that uh, that people probably don't know about, um, but that, that you hear all the time. Okay, clubfoot. I don't really know what that is. Here's another thing. I don't really know the difference between. Let's see. I got to make sure this is right. Okay, there's cleft palate, but isn't there a thing that's like that? Isn't there another thing that's like cleft palate? Is a cleft lip and a cleft palate the same thing? No. no. One of them makes you so you can't talk, right? I would imagine so. And yeah. one of them is just unsightly? Mm-hmm. Didn't Joaquin Phoenix have cleft lip or cleft yeah, something or other? Like... Yeah, it's like where your lip is in half. So there's, I think. Yeah, he did. Okay, so there's, okay, there's scurvy. I kind of know what scurvy is, but not really. Uh, clubfoot, I don't really know what that is. Here's the other thing, gout. We, I talk about gout a lot because it's funny sounding. I don't really know what gout is. I don't think people get that anymore. Do they? I wouldn't know. I don't think people get clubfoot anymore, but I'm not entirely sure. I especially don't know what but hammer toes are. I don't think are. clubfoot's a disease. Isn't it like a condition you're born with? Like a birth defect? Yeah. I don't know. There were too many questions being asked. Let's see. Uh, I didn't used to know what shingles were, but I know what that is now. But then there's rickets. I don't know what rickets are. People don't get that either. Now, do people know? No, no, that's not true. O.J. Simpson had rickets. I, I would assume he was cured. As a youth. Yeah, but I mean, okay, but cured of rickets, but what does that mean? What are they? Well, we'll find out. Is rickets like hives? There should be a band called the Rickets. There probably is. Yeah. There probably is. You're right. It's hard to come up with band names that aren't used. Let me Italy, tell you. It's softening of bones in children, potentially leading to fractures and deformity. That's rickets? Mm-hmm. Rickets is among the most frequent childhood diseases in... It doesn't change. I would say third world countries. What? In developing countries. Is that how it's written? The predominant cause is a vitamin D deficiency, but lack of adequate calcium in the diet may also lead to rickets. Softening of the bones. it can occur in adults, the majority of cases are children suffering from severe malnutrition, resulting from famine or starvation during the early stages of childhood. Now, say that this happens typically in poor communities then? I would imagine. Because I believe O.J. Simpson grew up in poverty, so that might might Mm -hmm. explain a little bit of that. Uh, So that's like when you become all like Mr. Glass and whatnot from Unbreakable. Hi, how you doing? Ah, my spine! And it just just shatter? Yes. All right, so there's rickets. Okay. And clubfoot is a birth defect. Uh-huh. Where the foot is twisted in, inverted, and down. Without treatment, the person afflicted can often appear to walk on their ankles or on the sides of the Wow, feet. really? Oh, so your foot is like a golf club, hence club foot. So yeah. it's where your foot is turned sideways like an L. Okay, use of ecstasy while pregnant has been linked with this abnormality. Um, may be associated with other birth defects such as spina bifida. I don't know what that is either. That's another one. Clyde uses that as a punchline all the time because it's funny sounding. da 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 spina bifida. I don't know what spina bifida is. Is that what the woman had in um, uh, uh, a pet cemetery? The ant? You know, oh, the man, crazy ant is all in the attic. I think the woman, I think the crazy ant in pet cemetery had spina Ooh, bifida. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. What, spina bifida? It's a developmental birth effect involving the neural tube, incomplete closure of the em- uh, embryonic uh, neural tube, blah, blah, blah. The vertebrae overlying the open portion of the spinal cord do not fully form and remain unfused and open. This allows the abnormal portion of the spine cord to protrude through the opening in the bones. Oh, there so may this or may is not be a fluid sac surrounding the wow. open cord. I hate, you oh. know, can I just tell you this? 
Here, two questions. It has a baby with a big sack on the back of it. Oh, oh. why did you have to say that? Oh, because I can't unsee it. Okay. Oh. Here's two. Here's a question and a comment. A, why, when it's a medical term, do they spell sack without a K? And B, don't you find sack when it's just spelled S-A-C to be more off-putting? You know what I mean? Well, because it's never a sack of anything. It's never a sack of anything good. good. It's never like, he's got an extra sack of health. It's always like he's got a sack of pus. A sack of pus and sadness. <laughs> this is, it's just a sack filled with sorrow and decay. Um, I hadn't thought about that. When you have a sack in your body, that's never filled with anything good at all. Well, this is a sack of courage. Uh, it, so sack medically is always filled without a K, and I find that worse. Yeah, because it's always bad. So that's just when your spinal cord is like outside your body. That's no good. You have to wear a real heavy coat. You, have to, you really have to wear something protective when you go out to play tetherball. Mm. Um, okay, so is spina bifida the same thing as spinal meningitis? Well, it's not. They have two different names. Boy, this is the weirdest show. I, it, it is. But, I mean, but really, I bet there's a lot of people out there who don't know what those things are. Um, I've had some friends who've had scoliosis, but no, I, I, no, see, that's that's a different thing, though. Yeah, I'm not. I thought it's completely different, but I've, I didn't think people really got people. that. Mm -hmm. Really, they really do get it. I mean, these days. Yeah, one of my friends who actually you know had it. Can you tell she has it? No, you I mean she actually that, made though. reference to it. No, but you can't cure that. You had it. You can straighten your back, like with a back brace. Really? Yeah. I didn't think that worked. Yeah, I mean, don't you remember when you got tested for scoliosis? Yeah, but. I didn't get it, and so as a result, I wouldn't know how to fix it. Yeah, so they, they stick you in a brace, brace, and that works? Yeah, just like... If, so it's like braces for your teeth, but it's like a brace did, for your have spine. Have you ever seen Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion? Yes, I have. All right, remember how she yeah. walked around the back brace? That's to correct her scoliosis. And so over time, it reshapes your back Yeah, bone. so it straightens out your back. Okay, so you can't tell that this person, this friend of yours, had mm -mm. it. Okay. No. All right, uh, let's see what hammer toes are. Ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, Rick. Yeah. You, you were talking about hammer toes. Well, I know I've got them. What happens is the toes themselves actually curl up and are permanently formed that way. Sometimes it's a birth defect. Like they curl backward? Oh, they'll curl backwards, yeah, and uh, well, kind of like the, the like the hammer on a gun or, yeah. And it makes uh, walking kind of difficult and definitely purchasing shoes. I was just going to say, now forgive the question, but I mean, now if you don't, if your toes, because your toes are what, um, and the, uh, the... What do you call it? Uh, the fact that your toes are sort of, um, you know, that you have different digits, that it, your your foot doesn't end in just one big toe. The fact that it's that's, demarcated. That's right. Out, that's what helps you keep your balance. So if your toes curl up, every time you step, take a step forward, are you just at risk of falling on your nose? Oh, well, it does slightly affect balance. You, my, in my case, it's not as pronounced, but I do have them. Interesting. Uh, and they can't I, fix I, that? They can't, like, bend them back somehow? No, no, no. The, bo the bones are, are per permanently fused that way. Uh, on one foot, I did have surgery back when I was 16. Uh, uh, it was a congenital um, shortening of, uh, of a tendon, and they went in and lengthened the tendon, and it helped alleviate some of the problem. But, you know, two of the toes came out straight, but two of the toes are still bent back, and they grow really weird uh, toenails, let me tell you. All right, then. Thank you, sir. Okay. Good luck with that. All right. This is a great email. Hey, thanks for being Mr. Sensitive. My dad has gouted and almost killed him last week. Till it, in it infected his bones. They now... This has a big payoff, though, at the end. They will remove any and all infected bones or he'll die. P.S. Don't feel bad. He's a douche. And is worth, and at this stage, is literally worth more to me dead than alive. Oh. So there you go. So it started out sad and did kind of happy. So it's a win-win, sir. All right. 
Yes, somebody not having a relationship with their father is just hilarious. Apparently, he stands to gain money, though. This is it. He, do we, isn't well, that how you... No, that's a good thing. Isn't that how you interpret this? He says, don't feel bad. My dad is a douche, and at this stage, is literally worth more to me dead than alive. That sounds like dad is a douche, but will leave you money. So, I mean, really, if you have to have a douchey father, why not have one who's going to leave you something? Here's Tim Riley. Now, I'm getting some... Uh... Some very strange, conflicting reports from TMZ. About about Brittany? Well, it said she got out of the car at the courthouse, got into the driver's seat, and left. But she climbed in the back seat, and Sam took the wheel before they split. So did she just make an appearance and then hop back in? Oh, please let it be true. Please let her have walked in and, like, showed her vagina, and then, like, run back out to the truck. That's what it looks like. Oh, really? That is so great. Yeah, minus the showing your vagina. <laughs> Sorry, you. Well, no, that'd be great, too. Imagine what if she just ran into the court and showed off her vagina and then ran away. Like, like you could rule that out. Uh, Remember that thing that she said? Maybe she went in and, like, screamed something like that. Remember that eat it, snort it? Yeah. Like I gotta it. go see if I'm still beautiful. Uh, so this is from TMZ you're getting this? Yeah. So we don't know yet. So we don't know if she even... Uh, boy, I wonder if Roop is regretting or not. But he probably is regretting it because if he was... Wow. Because if he was covering Britney, at least he would be near home. He'd be in L.A. Right now he's, uh, he's stuck in uh, in Vegas. I want to go to Vegas again. We all got to go to Vegas. Not we, just we for the O.J. That. thing. I know, but I mean, not just for the O.J. thing. Like, got to go to Vegas, period. Let's do it. Let's go see Bette Midler. Yeah, yeah. Midler. I was... Uh, we, uh, I forget why, but I think it's because we were talking about slot machines or something last week. And I realized... Oh, that's me. We've sir. never done a station... You know, we've all worked together for years, and we've never had a station vacation. No, it's true. Sorry, this station, is I got to mute TMZ here. So, according to TMZ, she got out of the car at the courthouse, got in the driver's seat, and left. But then she climbed in the back seat, and Sam took the wheel before they split. So, she went in and ran out. This is written really badly. It is. It says. It looks like it was written very rapidly. She just got out of the car at the courthouse, got in the driver's seat, and left. Period. But then she climbed in the back seat. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so she got out of the car, presumably out of the passenger seat, got into the driver's seat and drove off. Yeah. But then stopped, climbed into the back seat, and this Sam guy got into the driver's seat. That's what it looks like. Interesting. Boy, she really is just full-on screaming nuts. She's driving us insane. It's got to stop. <laughs> I mean, really? No, don't you feel like you've, you're going to catch her insanity at some point? Mm-hmm. Boy, this is really... Uh, would you say that, except for Michael Jackson, this is the biggest, most severe public breakdown of a celebrity like in history? Except I mean, can you... Except except her and, Mike, and Michael Jackson. Not just that, but except for Michael, though. Well, OJ, there's that. OJ uh, allegedly killed some people. Yeah. And but I mean... For the killers. Yeah, no, that's that's true. There's the, So there's OJ. I mean, this is bigger than Elvis... Because Elvis was largely hidden. We didn't hear about that until uh, until he was dead for most of that. Well, back yeah. then, whatever the publicists handed out was, you know, gospel. Yeah, and they were just, you know, a few head of hopper types who controlled all the news. So we didn't really see, you know, it wasn't until Elvis was dead that a lot of it trickled out about it. And, and frankly, because uh, Priscilla Presley has such a stranglehold on this day, there's probably tons about Elvis we still don't know and we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um who else is there? There's, uh, I mean, Judy Garland. But again, we didn't find out about a lot of that until she was dead. Um, I can't really think of anybody else. I can't think of anybody else who's just gone no, this completely and, and no, nutty. No, there's, there's nobody. And yeah, that's the thing is, even at his craziest, Elvis didn't shave his freaking head and lock himself and wasn't committed. I mean, really, the only, 
and I hate to say this, but even Michael Jackson hasn't ever acted this crazy. I mean, really, when you think about it. He was the gold standard for craziness way back when. Okay, and that's true, but now think about it looking through the Britney lens. Really, when you think about it now, maybe I'm forgetting stuff, but really, publicly speaking, except for wearing a mask and dang dangling a baby, did Michael Jackson ever really do anything in public that was flat-out crazy? Not unless it was planned. And the baby the baby dangling. Yeah, there's the baby and the, and the, and the wearing a mask. But, I mean, there's a lot of allegations, you know, and things that he is rumored to have done. But publicly speaking, Michael Jackson never really did anything that was that nutty. I mean, he never shaved his head. I mean, I know he got a lot of plastic surgery. But to be fair, many, many celebrities, Jocelyn Wildenstein, I'm looking at you, have had terrible plastic surgery done. I mean, I don't think, boy, this really is weird when you think about it. I don't think Michael Jackson ever acted nearly this crazy. I mean, he. We, I mean, we know he is crazy, but he never really did anything that that crazy publicly. But now, uh, due to the internets and TMZ and all these other sites, now we're getting celebrity craziness in real time. That's true. I guess maybe that's true. That imagine if Michael Jackson just started to go this crazy, you know? Now, I mean, it, we, we definitely know a lot. We didn't more have about all it. these sources. Uh, that's true. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's um, up? I was gonna say about your uh, foot stuff. Yeah. So um, Ricketts was mentioned at the end of the movie Tucker that he was going to make a little refrigerator so that uh, kids could get milk that was refrigerated so they wouldn't get Ricketts. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Tucker the man in his dream. Yep. Okay. Club, clubfoot is what Kaiser Sose had, and then when he walked out, it was gone. Oh. And like that, it was gone. All right. Um, and then, you know, about binding the uh, Asian women's feet, they're doing the same thing, you know, with these misfitting shoes. That's what's happening. So it's sort of a, it's a less sexy uh, form of uh, whatever. Isn't that, a, considered a, isn't that considered a thing that is a, a, a sexual desire in some underdeveloped uh, nations? Well, um, no, the binding of feet is uh, like the same result of like, uh, you know, it's called hobbly, you know, so the kids... Oh, really? See, I mean, I know it's effed up and wrong and whatever, but I mean, isn't it... I thought it was traditionally viewed as a thing that was desirable. I thought it was desirable in some warped way for women to have uh, tiny feet. But it's so they, but it's so like they can't it's run. So they can't run as Oh, that's fast. creepy. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's creepy already, yeah. but that's even creepier. All right. Have you heard that um, thing that Dennis Miller said, that the reason that or they did a talk screen on Anna Nicole Smith's blood, and she died of um, too much fame in yes, her blood. Yes, I have. Same thing with Britney. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Here's Now, Metro Source is saying Britney Spears has left the courthouse. Uh, let's see. And they're saying that TMZ posted pictures of Britney driving around the courthouse in that black Escalade. Several minutes after she arrived, she's seen driving away. It is unclear whether Britney actually entered the courtroom at all. Uh, they're now saying Britney is on the freeway headed home. It doesn't, I, with all those hundreds of people there, how could nobody know if she walked inside or not? That is a fair it point. It doesn't make any sense. No, that's a fair point. How would they not know? I mean, but I'm looking at the courtroom and there's like 500 people out front. Mm-hmm. No, we're disappointed. Did you see the TMZ now captures everything the late Britney Spears? <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right, so, uh, yeah, TMZ says, now she's on the freeway, looks like she's headed home. It is fascinating, actually, that no one knows whether she really went in. And, like, everybody, and there's, like, nine million cameras there. How is it that no one can know that? It's fascinating we're watching someone's demise in real time. It really is. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick Emerson. Hello, sir. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. This is uh, Dante, is it not? Hold on. Oh, damn it. I uh, 
Hold on, just one second. I don't have the, uh, I don't have your sounder. Sounder. All right, there we go. Hello. Hello. I have uh, three observations to make. Yes. And um, this will start with the weakest to the strongest. Okay. First observation is that Plaid Pantry needs to have a mascot called Plaid the Impaler. <laughs> okay, that's funny. My second is uh, the sounder that's uh, used for the news, the breaking news sounder. Yeah. And I only know this because I'm a big band geek. Uh-huh. That's the sound of a bugle up front with a tuba. With what? A tuba behind it. A bugle? Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That. All right. Finally? My final observation is how long ago do you think it was that Brittany got rid of all the wire coat hangers in her house? Uh, I don't know, but I bet she's at home lifting up a potted plant and scrubbing the floor underneath it right now. All right. I hear you. Thank you, all sir. Right. Bye now. All right. okay, the, the boom mics are leaving. So there's not going to be a press conference even? guess not. Oh, Except come on. The boom mics are gone. I demand a press conference. I'm an American. Okay, so X-17 is also saying that she was she went to the courthouse, but she never went inside. Wow. So she just showed up, looked at it, and said, uh-uh, and then got in her truck and left? Apparently so. You know what this is like? This is like uh, when I was... It's nothing like this at all, actually, but uh, I remember when I was uh, in... A boy. I remember when I was a boy... When I was uh, in ninth grade, uh, and just a complete and total misfit, uh, imagine, uh, that there was a high school dance a social event uh, where one might go and mingle with members of the opposite sex. And I remember my uh, my parents were into me going because they wanted me to be social and to not be such a lifeless retard who sat in my room reading the encyclopedia. And my parents, uh, my mom, so embarrassing now, do what time will the concert be over? Don't do drugs. Uh, my mom took me to the whatever, the auditorium or whatever at the high school where the dance was going to be. And I, she drove me up, and I, I opened the back door, and I finally, I just said, nope, I can't do it. Let's go home. My mom drove me to the school to go to the high school dance, and the, I opened the door to the car, and I looked into the gymnasium or whatever it was held. I looked in, and I went, no, I'm sorry, I can't. Let's go home. And I just made her take me back home. I just couldn't do it. I could not bring myself to go into the dance. There's no way. And I finally just, like, F it. Good for you. It takes a lot of guts to do that. To what? Not be a follower. No, I, I just, you know what, and I know all my friends were going, everybody was going. I wasn't doing it to be, like, strident individual. I was just uh, uh, terrified, you know, because uh, I didn't know, not um, see if this sounds familiar, like like it might still be the case. Didn't know how to dress, didn't, didn't know how to look good, got all tongue-tied talking to any girl of any kind. I mean, I could have been talking to a girl with clubfoot, and I still would have been nervous. So but now you're married to somebody who doesn't care about any of that. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I found someone with sufficiently low standards that it didn't matter. Hi, I'm Rick Emerson. Everything I wear is black and corduroy. Let's get married. Okay. Well, I was trying to turn it into a positive. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Mission accomplished. I love your positive, Tim. <laughs> and you just look different because you never have any variety in your wardrobe. You're t- your positives are all tough love, you know? Let's break here. We'll come back. A uh, whole bank of phone calls to get here. If you're on hold, hang tight. Uh, somebody calling about Owen Wilson. Oh, he had a pretty public breakdown. That's yesterday's attempted suicide. It's true. All right, back after this uh, with uh, your phone calls. Richie Bristol will be joining us here in a while as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
the Rick Emerson radio program. All right. Well, uh, Tim Riley is going to be back at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk more Brittany. Uh, let me read this one story from the Inquirer, then I'll be done with it. Uh, let's see here. Wow, 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 wow. All right. Sarah, I'm going to quiz you. I'm going to uh, give you some stories without the names. You tell me what celebrity I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, let's see. What, uh, well, this one's almost too easy. Uh, let's see. Uh, what uh, broadcasting personality recently had a studio built entirely around his good side? Brian Seacrest? Yes. Blank confesses that he designed his, uh, he admitted he moves on American Idol. He moves American Idol contestants around like sta- on stage like chess pieces to favor his cuter side. Which uh, side of Ryan Seacrest do you think is cuter? Don't say the back side. <laughs> the left. Left. Oh, okay. He does everything with the left. All right, how about this? Who has been banned by the Maui Four Seasons? Britney Spears. No, close, though. Um, close. Banned from the Beverly Hills and banned, in fact, from Four Seasons altogether. Lindsay Lohan. No, blank. Oh, this is actually confusing. Okay, you are partially right. Uh, they were saying... Last week, Britney Spears was banned for life in the Beverly Hills Four Seasons. Now, blank has been officially banned by the Maui Four Seasons. Paris Hilton. Yes. Um, careless Because she carelessly tromped on the long dress of a girl going down a hotel staircase, making the child plummet down the stairs and bawl. Moments later, then, Britney told uh, management to shut the child up. <laughs> oh, man. Wonderful. And finally, do you watch House? No. And by the way, this uh, this guy who uh, was bitching to us earlier about reading the Inquirer, you can uh, shut it, friend. This is a uh, I read the Inquirer so that others don't have to. That's my thing. We read the tabloid so that you do not have to sully yourself by by buying it. Um, quick thinking executives at House were forced to quote doctor an episode after Hugh Laurie bolted from his London home for three days after a shouting session with his executive producer. So get this: in an upcoming sequence of House. They have a look-alike actor for a church scene, and then they CGI'd his head onto an extra. So they got a guy who looks like Hugh Laurie's body type, and then they CGI'd his fa- Hugh Laurie's face onto this actor. I'd be disappointed. So if you watch House and you see a sequence coming up in a church, that's Hugh Laurie's face, but it's not really his body. That's nuts. So there you go. Do we have breaking news? Okay, Tim Riley, hold on. Here's uh, Tim Riley with your breaking Britney Spears news. So a Britney left the courthouse after circling, entering, leaving, circling, and finally bailing. When Britney got out of the car at the courthouse, she screamed at photographers, move back, I'm scared, stop it, stop it, I want to get back in the car, just stop it, let me get in the car, please. At one point, she got in, and they left the courthouse. A short time later, she began heading away from the courthouse and on to the Hollywood freeway. Headed back home, presumably? I guess so. Fantastic. Excellent, wonderful. Well, more on that as it uh, as it unfolds. There's some pretty lady who smells like flowers in uh, Big Jim's office right now. That was creepy. A know, pretty lady who smells like flowers. Hello, Is pretty she a lady. Mm-hmm. I, she might be. Wait, what? Uh, Is she an exotic guest? I'm not sure. Like a... No, she looks like a professional woman. What huh. am I? A professional woman? Yes. That means something else where I come from. Oh, she's a pro. Yes. Now, Tim, did you get this? Seamus just sent this to me. The by the hour, by the night. I do. Oh, I'm not getting involved in that. All right, Seamus just sent this to me. I don't know where he's came from. It says, Brittany got to the courthouse, ran off about 10 minutes later, drove to a weird-looking tiny church that has Christmas lights all over it still. Paparazzi is following her around the church, and nobody knows why she's there. Well, now, I know there's a tiny little church in North Hollywood. Now, where is that from? I, I don't know. He didn't send me. He just like, wrote me hours behind on podcasts, so maybe this is old news, there- but... There is a tiny church in North Hollywood, a chapel. I know of that. So maybe she's seeking sanctuary of some kind there. 
but it's hardly ever open. Let me go back Who to has the Britney poll right now? Who would be closest if she died now? Well, we said three, six, and nine. That was three, you, Tim, six. And that was in... I was three at the end of December. That was in... Yeah, that was uh, September that we did this. So October, November, December. So you're out. Uh, Tim is is uh, fine until the end of March. Uh, if she dies after March, then uh, then it's on me, and I have until April, May, June. So I have until June. I think it's getting closer. I really do. Well, I think there's a serious attempt coming up anytime soon. I don't I know whether she'll be successful. be successful. Really, you think mm-hmm. so? What do you think her chosen? What do you think her method will be? It's oh, she's be totally drugs. gonna. She's gonna do like some An Marilyn overdose. Monroe kind of crap because all those girls associate themselves with her on and red like, satin sheets. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, do you, like get all dressed up in some fancy lingerie, babbling incoherently, and then, like <laughs> taking a bunch of pills and meth and alcohol. Maybe she'll do it on the internet. Now, law enforcement officials say she may be coming back to the courthouse at three thirty. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. I'm tired of this. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Yeah, hey, Rick. Um, if she was supposed to be at the courthouse this morning, yeah. you know, they're not going to wait around all day for her, or, you know, just to show up whenever she feels like it. So chances are she probably went in. And, and they like, said, was, too late. Yeah, it, you're going to either find out by the end of the day she has a warrant out for her arrest or that, like uh, Tim just said, that they had rescheduled, you know, until later oh, this afternoon. please let there be a bench warrant for her arrest. Uh, you know, I'm assuming that there's probably going to be a warrant out. Maybe but, uh, maybe she walked in and heard that they were going to book her, and that's why she fled. Maybe she was uh, seeking at a church. That's, sanctuary that would be a church. kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I couldn't be that lucky. You, you guys are awesome. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. All right. Wonderful. Oh, we've right. got to get to this Richie thing. All right. Uh, did you get that new Richie sounder that the guy created? Yeah, I haven't listened to Hold it. Hold on, I've got, I've got one here. Hold on, let's see. This is, uh, this is okay. From. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That's. Is that me? It's called. No, I'm sorry. That's me. Hold on. Where's the new? Where's my new Richie sounder? Um. Let's see. Richie, Richie, Richie. A guy created a new Richie Randy sounder. Porter. Oh, Randy. I, I I thought Randy. I thought that I uh, I thought that I had that. Give me just. I know this is gripping, but give me just I got, one I have second a, here. Do you? There's yeah. two of them. I have one. Has. I have Richie number one. Uh. Richie Bristol. I'm Richie. Damn right. <laughs> the pinstripe. <laughs> I'm talking about sex. I'm talking about Lamar. I'm talking to me and Daughter Swinger. As in two swingers. Here it comes. Here's the uh, second one, by the way. Here's the, uh, let's see. Richie Bristol. I'm Richie. Damn right. <laughs> the pin squad got the shortened version. I'm talking about Lamar. I'm talking to me and Donna Swinger. As in two swingers. Richie Bristol. <laughs> oh, God, stop it. <laughs> okay, that is pretty funny. Hello, Richie. Hello. How are you today? Uh, flustered. Uh, Why? Uh, dealing with website stuff. You know how you call people over and over and over and you have to sit on hold for stuff? Yes, I do. It's just horrible. Um, couple things. First of all, was the Pimp Squad out this weekend? Because I got a text message from Timmy Ryan from some poker game. Oh, yeah. We Well, we it was me and Timmy. Uh, Adam is feeling sick. He drank all week, every day since last week. So well done, Adam. Eight days straight of drinking. Wow. And it's just, he's just now feeling sick. Oh, yeah. Um... So uh, I got this text message from Richie saying that he, quote, got Emerson, uh, that he got beat on pocket aces like, oh, yeah. right out of the gate. He got hit by quads or something, yeah. right? Four of a kind took him out. Yeah. And then, he, you know, he's like, hey, I just got Emerson. My pocket aces just got beat by four of a kind. And, I, and then he's like, and it was by a hot chick. 
And so I texted him back, and I said, well, that's either good or bad, depending, because, you know, if it's some hot girl takes you out with four of a kind, at least you can, you know, you can make conversation about it or something. And then he, of course, had to be like a man about it. He emailed back, and he's like, no, 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 but she wasn't playing well. It was total luck. So... Anyway, uh, so uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, yeah, so... Yeah, um, about the big thing. Jesus. Um, so just when you think that Richie can't get weirder. That's what I told Susan this morning. I, I said, I walked into Susan Reynolds' office about this next thing this morning, and I said, that's exactly what I told her. I said, just when you think Richie... And not in a bad way, Richie. Uh, just when you think Richie cannot get any stranger. And I mean that, in the, in the, again, in the nicest it is, way. It's, just, it's a bizarre thing. Like, your, your life is just much more interesting than mine. Um... I got, no lie, the email I got from Richie Bristol this morning said, hey, would you mind if I went on the Jerry Springer show <laughs> in early February? So, first of all, what? And what? please do explain. And uh, Susan just Susan just went, what? She actually said, Susan actually said, she goes, what the F are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, Richie wants to know if he can go on the Jerry Springer show. And she just said, what is it with that guy? And I said, well, he's just odd. So <laughs> please do explain why you might be going on the, on the Jerry Springer show. Well, uh, someone I care about is doing something they shouldn't, and I'm going to go address dress her and someone else on the Jerry Springer on National. Because that's exactly oh, the you place you want to iron out your differences. Well, as we get closer, I'll reveal more. But for for now, basically, I'm going to, you know go up on stage on Jerry Springer. It's cool because I actually that's somewhere... You get to meet Jerry Springer? Yeah. Well... You get to be on Jerry Springer's show. I don't know that they do like a meet and greet, but... uh, Okay, well, hold on a second. I don't have Susan's extension. I should probably figure that out at some point. Hello. Dave Zinn, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Can I go on the Jerry Springer show? Absolutely. You can do whatever you want, Dave Zinn. What's up? Uh, Hey, do you know if Susan's around? Um, let me check for you. Thank you. Now, what station is this? I don't know this either. Is this moving? No. This can't be KUFO. Couple? We wouldn't be playing couple over here. No, this has to be moving. Or King? Why would we be playing Kink over here, though? We're all a family just because we're in different buildings. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Kink puts us on hold all the time. I'm sure Have people... you noticed when um, somebody's not at the front desk here that it sends you to kink? Really? I talked to the kink person, like I was locked outside once, and I'm like, oh, Dave, well, they are and she's kinks, like, no, this Sarah. is K-I-N-K. I'm planning, they're on their own, uh, their own little uh, compound over there. It sounds like swinging music almost. That can't be moving. Hello? Uh, hello. Hi. I can't find Susan again. Ah. Well, for the love of gravy. All right, oh. how would Dick... Yeah. Dave Zinn, how would you feel about Richie Bristol going on Jerry Springer? Uh, what's the purpose? <laughs> uh, apparently he's going to call out some friend in his uh, life for irresponsible behavior. Man or woman? Woman. Well, you're going to call her out? I thought you were mad at the guy for something. Well, I am because he's part of it. So there's a couple he knows that are doing something, I don't know, improper, and he's going to call them out on the Springer show. this improper thing? Uh, that I will figure out. But I, I think so because she's still doing it. I think we're saying, though, in general, presuming Richie himself isn't guilty of anything. How, Davidson, how do you feel about Richie going on Springer? We need to cross-promote him. That's what I'm saying. Now, I don't know. Would they, I wonder if they would let you wear uh, a station shirt. We'd have to give you, like, a like a release. They might not, though. They might not let you wear anything that is a logo. They might blur it out, yeah, maybe? Yeah, they might. They might just tell you not to wear it. That's the thing. Oh. Like, I know on Rockstar Supernova, I know Storm had to get... 
permission to, to carry oh, to wear a Storm shirt. in the Ball shirt, and they wouldn't let her, let her wear any other thing with a logo. So I don't watch Springer enough to know. Maybe I should start All watching. Right. Well, if Susan does happen to come around and she seems like she has a free moment, which is incredibly unlikely, would you ever give me a call? Sure. Uh, what about a uh, the Pimp Squad dot com t shirt? <laughs> is the Pimp Squad? Do you haven't registered that? Have you? Please. Yeah, I have. Oh, really? Please. I was just going to say, please tell me you haven't. If I go to the Pimp Squad dot com, what's there? Uh, that's why I'm irritated because they just they're doing nothing with it. It just says directory. I can't do anything with going it. Going there right now. Pimpsquad.com. Parent directory. Yeah. See you. Oh, uh, yeah. In All there. right. Thank you, Dixon. Bye. All right. There you go. Okay. So, well, I guess we'll have to wait. But uh, So this is, in theory, you would go on the Springer show to call out some couple that you know. Yeah. So are you, so this is a couple, like, is this a woman that you're involved well, with? Well, they're not a couple. Uh, she's, uh, I care for her, basically. Oh, wait. Hold on. I think oh. this might be Susan. Hi, Rick Emerson show. Susan Reynolds. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm well. Sorry, I'm having a busy day, but... Oh, that seems not, so unlikely, Susan. Not too busy to uh, weigh in on this. Thank you. All right, so <laughs> all, you. So I walked into your office this morning, and I just said, just when you think Richie can't get any weirder, he wants to know if he can go on the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> you know, part of this doesn't surprise me at all. So as a marketing guru, Susan, how how do you feel about that? Well, I, I, you know they're not going to let him wear the T-shirt. I, I mean, know. And if he did wear the T-shirt, they would, you know, tile out the logo, you know, like they right. do on some of those shows. So um, forget that part of it. I I'm just curious as can be about what is up in his life that it causes him to know people that would bring him onto the Jerry Springer show. Now, to be fair, this is not the first CBS employee who has gone on some sort of a reality <laughs> uh, dispute resolution show. <laughs> Quite true. Uh, our good friend uh, Alan Gabrowski, who uh, was, is no longer, but was an account executive here, did he not go on Judge Judy at one point? Oh, he did indeed. What? Yes. For what? Oh, there was some dust-up, let's say, between uh, his wife and a friend, and there was money owed and a fair head, and, you know... Stuff like that. Ooh. <laughs> Very awkward. <laughs> so, you know, so I don't know what this could be about, but it can only look look at it this way. It can only give you more material for your show. Well, and I was going to say, look at where the, the baseline really is set. So far, Richie has vomited and spent time at a swingers club. This, <laughs> relatively speaking, is pretty puritanical. He's traveling along this the is, right path for him. This is pretty oh. respectable, really, when you consider what he has already done. I guess. <laughs> does he have to? Does he have to get permission of CBS, like from CBS corporate, to do that? Oh, you know. Uh, well, you know, if we ask, then we're we're going to open up another whole well, can of worms. I think he has to because they will pay you. You're paid to go on the Springer show. They give you Are like you scale. Or? Yeah, if you go on any oh, talk show, you're, you get paid yeah. scale. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They pay you? Well, like if you go on the Tonight Show, they pay you. Well, yeah, but this isn't exactly the Tonight Show. Um, but I mean, and, well, Richie, anyway. have they discussed any? But financial? if he gets anything, like if he gets a hotel, limo, he whatever, get, he has yeah, to. Do they fly him into Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. See, so he'll have oh. to he'll have to clear that with HR, I would imagine. Yeah, I think you're right about that. But if yeah. Alan was able to go on Judge Judy, I don't see you know. Why I don't think he was working here at the time. Oh. Though. Oh, he was. He was oh, working really? here at the time. However, he was not one known for following the rules. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Comcast will be happy to hear that. <laughs> uh, so, seeing as how we are all rule-abiding uh, citizens oh, and, and you know and workers in the CBS Corporation, we should probably uh, launch a probe, as it were. Well, let's assume that HR has no problem with it. Do you have a problem with it? <laughs> um, no, I guess.
guess not. I, I you know, other than I, I feel kind of bad for Richie Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> Richie's, Richie seems fine. He, uh, he's no one's forcing him to do this. No, no. I mean, just in general. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, oh, um, oh, celebrity rehab. Oh yeah. Okay, uh, so I heard bits and pieces of what you were speaking of earlier, yeah. and, uh, and and the fact that Jeff Conaway was just, I mean, he literally had to be pulled out of the vehicle. What, what happened with every single one of the celebrities was that they got completely loaded on their way in because yeah. they knew they weren't going to get a chance to drink or smoke or sure. you know, snort or whatever they were doing. Right. So, um, but one of the other people that was uh, an interesting uh, participant, Mary Carey, the porn star. Right. And she had a, she brought in a box of porn and other assorted toys and things that probably got taken away from her. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it was just, it was kind of funny. I mean, people were bringing in all their, you know. I like how everybody search. brings in drugs except the porn star who brings a huge dildo or, or something. Yeah, she did, Jesus. and and uh, yeah, and and some tapes because she figured you know yeah. she needed to pass the time or something. So is that show like on demand or something? Can I? Is it uh, they do in rerun? Can I watch it somewhere? Because I missed well, the first episode. You know, it's on VH1. They have a tendency to repeat everything. That so is true. you know, if you have TiVo or something, you can just do a search for it. And um, I'll tell you what, it was it was very compelling. I mean, you sort of couldn't look away. It was kind of kind of like the Richie Bristol vomiting video on <laughs> our website. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. So Excellent. he may be the next. Uh, celeb to go, you know, visit with Dr. Drew. Who knows? We should totally do some sort of a Richie uh, reality show. Yeah, we, uh, we have to start with the intervention, and perhaps we need to get him some new friends. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Susan. Okay, see All right, you guys. There you go. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. I dig her. All right. Um, um, get that paperwork started, young all man. All right, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll email HR about this. Okay. See if Laura Klein has anything to say. But we'll have Alan did it. I mean, again, Alan doesn't work here anymore, so who knows why. But if it was a long time ago, I mean, he ended up working here for a few years after. Yeah, that is true. People last forever up there, though. I mean, really. There's only two There's only two kinds of employment upstairs. People who are here for like a week, and then they're gone before you even know who they are. Or people who are just here forever and ever, despite everything. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Hi, this is uh, Paul calling. I'm a fellow Salt Lake City Jack Mormon. Excellent. And crown burger lover. Excellent. And uh, and how do you feel about iceberg milkshakes? <laughs> I love it. Excellent. Okay. Well, how can I help you, sir? Hey, I, I just got back from Fred Meyer. Mm-hmm. And you were right. They have a they changed their that's an addendum to that sign. That's what I'm saying. It says, it says about twelve items. About. And so I wonder, like, I think I suspect there was a lawsuit somewhere along the way. Well, I think there was probably a fight. Somebody had mm-hmm. 16 items, and somebody said, hey, it says only 15, or it was like 10 donuts, you know, like a box of 10 donuts, and somebody tried to claim that that was 10 items or something, uh, you know. So I, I, I do, yeah, I strongly suspect that there was some sort of a, a brawl that happened. So they're kind of like CYA? Yeah, totally. That way it allows them to, you know, to, 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 to at their discretion, decide whether or not people can come to the line. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Love your show. All bye. Right, bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Rick. Hey, hi. Hey, it's Chris PJ. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Hey, a couple things for you. Uh, yeah. Scurvy was a vitamin C deficiency. Uh, you know, all the pirates and the stuff, they Ma- couldn't get any oranges or grapefruits or anything like that. And without the vitamin C, they got scurvy. Did you make your teeth fall out or something? Teeth were falling out. They got real ugly. Um, Waterworld, <laughs> Kevin Costner had that uh, orange uh, that orange tree that was, like, worth gold to oh, him. Oh, yeah. That? All right, excellent. Okay. And then uh, celebrity meltdown. You didn't mention our our famous uh, Tanya Harding. 
Yeah, she had a, she had kind of a meltdown. I mean, she you know. I mean, I she had a stop, went into the wrestling, got caught uh, drunk driving, and all kinds of neat stuff. And now she's uh, gone. I, I mean, I don't know when the last Tanya sighting was. Well, she had a big meltdown, but let's be fair. Most of the stuff that she did. A dozen other celebrities have also done. Drunk driving is so common now it almost doesn't make the news. Oh, yeah. The celebrity boxing, they had enough of those failed uh, uh, celebrities to actually do several celebrity boxing television shows. So the, Britney is the only head shaver I can think of except for Anne Heche. No, Margot Kidder. She shaved her head, too. But I mean, oh, yeah, Brittany, Brittany's done several things that no one else has done. Oh, yeah, Brit Brittany's gone above and beyond. And, She's broken uh, new ground. Yeah. <laughs> All right, excellent. All right, brother. Thank excellent you. show. Bye Thanks. now. All right. Hi, you're on the. Oh, this is the low. Hello, sir. What's happening? Hey, people? what's how's life in Vegas, home of Jim Roop this week? Oh, doing pretty good actually. Um, we just finished the, um, and I and I know I've, I've had my share of appearances, so I try to minimize it. But uh, we just finished the uh, chili powder challenge. Oh wait, okay. So this is your your coworker who uh, ate uh, twice now, ate two eight tablespoons of of cinnamon. Now he just had what a teaspoon or a tablespoon of chili powder. Uh, it it looked like what amounted to a tablespoon this time as a well. A dry chili powder. This is like right off the supermarket, right out of the can or the the bottle or whatever. Yes. All right. And how did it work? Would you like me to spoil it, or would you like me to send you the video? Is the video airable? I mean, can it be played on the air? Um. Is it clean? Yeah, it's it's not finished, so I, it's not up yet. But it it's it should be clean. I, if I remember correctly, everything in the video is clean <laughs> for the most part. All right. Uh, do we want to know the outcome? Yeah, might as well. Okay, what's the outcome? Um, yeah, he he's one and one now. He's 500. So wait, so how, so he choked? Um. Literally or figuratively? Choked is somewhat of an understatement. <laughs> oh, is, okay, is it funny? Um. Is it scary? If you call vomiting in a pail in your office during lunch, <laughs> funny. Oh, yes, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Oh, please tell me I can see this now. Uh, you, I'm, I apologize, but uh, it, it was just filmed, oh, so it, 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 it will be edited and it will be available by tomorrow. Oh, okay. So, okay, then just give me a brief, give me the beats of this, basically. Give me, give me the highlights of of, of what happened. Okay. Well, the highlights essentially uh, come from him looking at it. Thinking it's a bad idea, me knowing it's a bad idea, <laughs> and him putting the spoon in his mouth, and that chili powder probably existed inside of his mouth for about half a second. <laughs> what do you suppose caused, was it that it was so powdery and it got up into his nose or something? I believe, as he explained it, it, it found its way into his throat prematurely. Oh. And uh, he... He, he managed to give back the macaroni and cheese he had for lunch. Oh, luckily, there was a bucket nearby? Uh, yeah, there was a pail. I, I think I managed to catch it all, but I know the pail managed to catch it all. Oh, that's wonderful. I love technology. Yeah, I, I figured you would be. Uh, here's a dumb question. Where People have been asking where they can see this. Where, where are these things posted? Um, you know what? I should probably give you some more distinct um, and just because I want people who, you know, to be able to go check this out without having to, like, go through, a, you know, all of us to find it or whatever. You know, I, I don't think we have it anywhere where it's just, uh, like, a no-brainer. I think if you go to YouTube and put in Vegas Batman. Vegas Batman. And Cinnamon. Well, let's, fi let's find out. Well, let's just see what happens when I put in Vegas Batman, because then that would be like a catch-all search term that would let people, uh, you know, find uh, whatever, find all of them. Okay, hold on. Uh... I am at uh, YouTube.com. Boy, the net is really slow today. Mm -hmm. Well, I know if you include the word cinnamon after Vegas Batman, it comes up with just those results for the movie. Fantastic. Uh, let's. You know, this is the problem when everybody in the building is on TMZ. All right, here we go. Vegas 
Batman. Batman. All right. Search. Let's see what comes up. Um, all right. So when you put in Vegas Batman, the first two results uh, are the cinnamon challenge. Yeah, the uh, parts one and two. Yeah. Okay. So so searching Vegas Batman, that the search term on YouTube will get you. I mean, and then you and then it's pretty easy to tell which ones are that. So uh, so tomorrow the Vegas Batman eating the <laughs> tablespoon of chili powder and then uh, hurling will be up. Yeah, I wouldn't call that eating. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, oh one one, one uh, minor uh, order of business. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to make sure I got the okay for, from you to use the. Uh, the audio clips of his interview for, for for some of the video footage. Ah, that's fine. I, uh, in my official capacity, I give you permission. Sweet. All right, excellent. Mm. Thank you, sir. All right, you guys take All care. Right, bye now. All right, there you go. Uh, okay, we got to take a break here. Back after this, more from Tim Riley and uh, so forth. He said it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Really? Did he show you the messages? Uh, he showed me a, a couple of them. Well, he was more so told me than showed me. I mean, me. she's hot. I'll give him that. This part where she go on, goes on and on about the size of her breasts is a little creepy. Only because his first desire was to show it to me. Rick, look at this thing this girl sent me about her boobs. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, no, I, I got nothing. Uh, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth... This is Tim Riley. Ladies and gentlemen, we've just received word that Britney Spears is eating lunch. This is going on as we speak at the <laughs> the Gocho Grill really? of Ventura Boulevard. We have no idea if she's using both a knife and a fork or just a fork. Once again, Britney Spears is eating lunch at the Gocho, at the Gocho Grill. What kind of uh, place is the Gocho Grill? That would be Mexican food. All right. But I mean, upscale, downscale, fast food? Ventura Boulevard is medium scale. Anybody yeah. can eat there. Uh, Brittany was a wreck after trying to get out of her SUV at the L.A. County Courthouse moments ago. She bailed and went home. As she got out of the car, she screamed at photographers, Move back! I'm scared! Stop it! Stop it! I want to get back in the car! Just stop it! Please! Let me get in the car! Please! My name is Brittany Spears, and I'm going to kill you! Meanwhile, a law enforcement official tells TMZ she may be coming back to the courthouse doubtfully. For what possible reason? Mm -hmm. Do you suppose... I mean, I know we've said this forever. That she just doesn't... I was going to say that she just doesn't want the kids, but then she went nuts and tried to keep them the other day. Yeah. Because my whole thing is she showed up, and apparently the judge said, hey, it's too late, you missed your chance, and she went, fine, y'all, and then left. I don't know. I got enough. Well, right. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, she's just crazy, that's all. It'll get worse. <laughs> a drunken Australian had a miraculous escape after passing out on a railroad track. The 22-year-old man fell asleep at the uh, crossing after a night out. The freight train drivers saw him on the tracks and slammed on the brakes, but the train was carrying 3,000 tons of weight and was unable to stop in time, and it passed over him, missing his head by inches wow. as the man slept through the ordeal and escaped without a scratch. <laughs> oh, I posted another video about that guy being run over by the train. 
on my website. Remember we talked about that Friday? On Friday, the, oh, the crazy British mm-hmm. kid? Yeah. Boy, that's I was showing that to Court and Fat Boy. Yeah. yeah, that's really unnerving. You kind of root for the next train to have some sort of unseen projectile on the bottom that takes off his head. Roadrunner type of thing? Seriously. Why no, would Coyote lose This train is absolutely fine. And then they like put some bolt on the bottom that just takes out his skull. That would be satisfying. Well, it seems Paul Abdul is looking to get out from behind the table and back on stage, yeah. according to TVGuy.com. The judge has been in talks to perform at next month's Super Bowl. Oh, is, is the Super poor Bowl man's Janet Jackson. I don't expect to see Paul at halftime, though. The thought has already been filled by Tom Petty. And, and are you surprised that uh, I'm not an American so Idol watcher? Well, does it surprise you, though, that Tanya, Tanya Harding, Paul Abdul hasn't used the American Idol fame to relaunch her singing career and put out an album? Yeah. That does surprise me, mm-hmm. especially because you've got Simon Cowell there, who's a record producer of some note. It surprises me that they haven't tried to leverage this into some sort of brand new Paula Abdul record. Maybe she can't move her mouth through that rubber mask she wears. <laughs> All right. That's it for now. We'll be back later. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour all the way through. Like us, more Britney news as it happens. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey. Hey, on Friday you gave out those uh, porn sites? Yes, we did. You, porn, and that's, and uh, the other ones? Sure. Just wanted to thank you for enriching our lives. <laughs> It's what we it's what we do. So the Rick Emerson show gives and gives some more. Did you? Uh, you, know, you know that's what I after watching those four porn sites. That's exactly what I said. You give and give some more. Okay, which one did you go to? I went to You Porn, which was really good, and Crack Whore was uh, oh so no, no, disgusting. No. Crack Whore Confessions, sir. Yeah, CrackWhoreConfessions.com. Yes. Uh huh. That 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 was uh, just the depths of human degradation. Really. But, you know, it was interesting. On a scale of 1 to 10, how vile was it? I didn't. I, I watched three, and they, they so you give you one, a... And then you watch another one, and then you watch a third one before you realize it was vile. Well, there's different categories, so you choose. Oh, it's God. just like YouTube. It's like, you know, you can pick whatever you want to see. So it depends on how vile you want to be. Sarah, are you at Crack or Confessions? Is that right? No. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't able to remember. CBS Black. Oh, that's right. So it all it all depends on how depraved you feel like being at the time, but uh, uh, and then but, what was, but, but the yeah. women are just well they're crack whores, so they're really bad. So wow. <laughs> as American as apple pie, it's true. Right. I uh, it's funny. I read an interview today with uh, God, I forget his name, but the guy he's the guy who runs Vivid Video, and Vivid Video. If you spend any time in Los Angeles, you drive uh, down the Sunset Strip and you see billboards there. Uh, Vivid Video is where Jenna Jameson made her name, and it is considered the world's premier uh, porn company. They're the world's premier adult filmmakers. But here's the thing is, the porn they make is really bad, meaning the girls are all sort of, they all look like Hugh Hefner's girlfriends. They're all plasticky and fake and polished and fake blonde hair and surgically enhanced, and they have this, like, you know, smooth jazz music and blowing curtains, and they try to make the porn really upscale, and it's just really dull. I don't want to make me think I sit around watching porn all the time, but I mean, Vivid no, Video was think that. No, but I mean, no. it's just bad. I mean, it's the thought. But I mean, and Vivid Video, no disrespect to any of our sponsors, but a lot of times, sort of the prominent adult chains, they stock a lot of things by Vivid, and it's supposed to be like classy, sophisticated porn, and it's just. It just is a bunch of, like, bad Pam Anderson. As porn is porn is well, porn, yeah. Wait, but see, that's not true, though. That's the thing. I mean, look, and again, I'm not passing any judgment. Watch it, don't watch it. But you can say porn is porn in the sense that it's all just people humping on camera. But, I mean, but it, it's like if you're going to watch that, I don't, and maybe this is just me. Maybe, maybe guys are different. Uh, 
I don't want to watch a bunch of women who look like Pam Anderson, where it's a but they don't look real at all in any way. They don't look like you could acquire them. It's not just maybe. I mean, it's not just like it's not just that. Like, oh, I might have a shot. It's just that I don't know. I find it's just that I find I don't find those women to be sexy at all. Like, well, that's why you porn's so good, uh, so interesting because it is just normal. It's mostly. Amateur videos. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's really good. Yeah, and it's like it's like a, I've talked about this before. How Playboy, the women in Playboy are aesthetically very beautiful, but I don't find women in Playboy to typically be sexy. And sexy is sort of a, a hard thing to quantify. Uh, but it, I just don't find them. They're just so fake and plastic and perfect looking that it's like it's just not even alluring in any real way. Um, but you know, so but anyway, so this guy who runs Vivid Video, which again is like the country's premier adult cinema thing, he was talking about how amateur like free porn clips on the net are killing him. He's like he's yeah. like, hey, my business is being destroyed by these free three minute porn clips. And he had the greatest line, the greatest line in the story. He said, um, he said, because be honest, all you really need is two or three minutes. And I mean, a that's that's hilarious because. You know, it's because of the obvious. And also, how what an indictment that is of his own product. Like, that he himself is acknowledging that his own product, which they market as being so sophisticated and so, like, cultured and so, like, elite, even he's admitting that his product is really only useful for, like, two and three minutes at a time. Well, so. my other question is you gave out four sites, and I had Crack Whore Confessions. Oh, God. You porn and I porn. What was the fourth one? Sarah? I think it was X-Tube. X-Tube. There we go. Yeah, there Okay. <laughs> He's like, you, so you, only, you want to make sure that you're armed with all four of them at any given time. <laughs> well, you have to compare the different websites to, to see who's got the best filmmaking techniques. Yeah, and, no, uh, it's... it's uh, no. As an art student, you know, it's important to uh, to know that. So. No, it's true. It's like, who's that guy, uh, Randy in Minnesota? I think mm -hmm. he moved. He's the one who made the Richie Sounders. He's great. Although you go to his MySpace page, and I think like 90% of his friends are porn stars. So, you know, they're including Brandy Taylor, who looks just like Jenna Bush. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. All right. There you go. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll break. Uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hello. How are y'all? Hey. That's a great greeting. You should do that every time you call. Oh, I will. Do it I again. Will. Hello, y'all. Hi. What's up? <laughs> um, well, I lived in Van Nuys uh, for, oh, when I was first married, and uh, my work was next door to the Vivid Plant. Uh-huh. Uh, we... You know, we'd see countless porn stars and countless, both sides. All the washed-up guys would work in the warehouse. All the washed-up girls would work in the office. Anyway, Tori Wells, she used to come over for coffee at my work at least twice a week. Funniest day ever. We're sitting there listening, prepping. I'm, I'm a chef. I own a catering company. And uh, was, we were just sitting there prepping for work one day. And here she walks in, and we're listening to the Beastie Boys instrumental. Nice, nice little background music. Oh, I see, because it's sort of funky porn sounding. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And she comes in, and she's like, hey, this is good music. And we all just about lost it. That is amusing. I, my driver had to bolt out the back door. It was pretty pretty good stuff. Excellent. But you know what? You're right. Ridiculous. Three minutes at a time is all you need. No, and, and you know, and it's just uh, airbrushing in, like, magazines is bad enough. I mean, just airbrushed porn is completely and totally uninteresting. And I think most guys agree, That's which is why this guy at Vivid Video is so whatever, because he's so terrified of this. Because, you know, I think, you know, guys would just prefer something that looks, as Sarah said, a little attainable. That, uh, that guy's a freak, too. Uh, that girl told us a story about uh, one of the delivery guys had to take him. <laughs> all right. Thank you, sir. 
got it. Have a good day. All right. A what? A what plug? <laughs> what plug? It's to plug your what. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, back after this, we'll do a couple of calls on the other side. If you're on hold, uh, hang tight. We will uh, continue after this. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show is next. Saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Join us tomorrow when we will talk to, uh, from the National Enquirer, uh, Wednesday, Tesla, the band Tesla, uh, in studio with us on Wednesday. Studio, phone? I think phone. Phone? Okay. Phone, yeah, Tesla? Yeah, still wherever they are. Wednesday, uh, and then uh, so forth. Uh, we'll do some calls here before we end. Let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hey, Rick, this is Matt. What's up? I got a good analogy for you. The difference between the vivid porn and the you porn is uh-huh. uh, the difference between like WWF and Ultimate Fighting. Uh, good, that's excellent. I I was expecting you to go like Budweiser versus Microbrew there, but okay, yes, fair enough. <laughs> no, I can totally see that because yeah. again, one is gloss and glam, and one is sort of the real deal. Exactly, and one's you know entertaining, and one's a lot more satisfying to watch. <laughs> wow. All right. Hey, how uncomfortable are you, Sarah? Oh, it's fine. I'm used to it by now. I was going to say, the show has just given you, like, the highest threshold for whatever. I right, thank you. All right, bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, it's Frenchie. What's up? I, I was in agreement with you on the porn thing. Looking at Playboy is like looking at Ferraris because you know you can't afford one, and you probably would feel like an ass driving one. Yeah, and I mean, and, and, and don't you do this when you look at a really, really expensive, and I don't just mean an expensive car like a Mercedes, but yeah, a really gaudy car like a Ferrari in a way like you don't even consider it real. Yeah. Like it almost doesn't even seem like a car. It seems like a thing that you would buy. That it seems like a thing that only really belongs in a showroom. Like you can't picture yourself actually driving it. Yeah, it's not fathomable. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, uh, whereas, you know, whatever. So, uh, all right. Uh, all right. We should probably curtail the pornography discussion. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Do you want to talk about cousins that you want to kiss instead? That was Aaron who said that. Sure. I chimed in as also having a hot cousin, but I didn't say that I wanted to kiss her. That which was, one was the one? Which one of you Aaron. said I'd do it if I knew I could get away with Aaron. it? Aaron, that okay. was Aaron. I just said that my cousin was very attractive, which she is. My cousin is an attractive girl. If I saw her on the street and didn't know that I was related to her, I'd say, "Hey, look at that hot girl." There's a really pretty girl out in the hallway. I she has a sash of some sort. No, she was on the Marconi show. She kind of looked like uh, Scarlett Johansson. Now she's gone now, so you don't need to flip over to Marconi because she's gone. Uh, but yeah, and you know what? She's going to be walking. passing by the kitchen right as uh, right as the delay kicks in, and we're going to sound creepy. No, I don't care. She was very, very. She's on the Marconi show clearly because she's attractive. I mean, I mean, really, honestly, don't they do like? I'm not trying to knock Marconi. Don't they do like Stripper Friday or something there? I don't think she's a stripper. No, I'm not saying she is, but yeah. I'm saying. I on Fridays, do. I don't think you're here for that, though. No, because I think it's like at 4.30 or 5 or something. On Fridays, you walk either by Big Jim's room or you walk upstairs in the lobby, and it, I think it is, I'm not being snarky, I think it's a bunch of girls from Stars with perfume to match uh, that are all up there. Boy, I sounded like Tim just there. Uh, but... Now, I have to tell you, um, Chris, the guy today, his sister looks exactly like her. Chris. Raul. Ah, yes. Exactly like her. I thought it was her, actually. Really? And oh, that was Miss Mor- Oregon, apparently. She's a Mormon girl. Chris's sister? Mm-hmm. Excellent. And she looks exactly like that girl. Well, that was Miss Oregon, apparently. Sorry. 
not a stripper then, Miss Oregon. You didn't say she was a stripper. No, I'm clarifying that she's a, that she's not a stripper. <laughs> she's a stripper. <laughs> Bam! That's how I roll. Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't. Uh, hello, hi. Final call. You got like 14, 14 seconds. Oh, that sucks. It's Timmy because I have the whole scoop on the Springer thing. Oh, dude, you have to call us tomorrow. Okay, because I was the original one that was asked to go on Springer. Oh, okay. Call tomorrow with this. All right. All right. Thank you. There you go. Timmy Ryan. Uh, let's see. We want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents Jim Roop and Lisa Desjardins. Rick Emerson, show producer today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stone for AM 970 Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley. Uh, on the phones, Richie Bristol. Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper. Uh, let's see. We want to thank CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Reynolds. And, of course, upstairs imagery and podcasting uh, is Bridget. Uh, like us next. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastards turn it down. Watch out for snakes. Bye. Thanks.